Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of the program. Our program, as always, on a Tuesday, brought to you by our friends at the Nimnik family of dealerships. That's Nimnik Chevrolet on Cassett, Nimnik Buick GMC located on Phillips Highway. Glad you're with us on this Tuesday as we get closer and closer. This is a weird feeling week. I'm ready. It, it almost feels different than last week did to me. Because last week we, we were readying for a, the pep rallies because they were home games. Mm-hmm. We were – it's weird. It feels – I'm ready, Brooks. I need, I need, I, I've never been a wish-my-life-away guy. I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. Especially the older you get, the less life you have left. I don't want to be that guy. It's weird. I feel like I'm in a bit. I'm in an abyss. I got to get the. I got to get the. Get on that plane on Friday. I got a game to call on Saturday. God dang it. Well, the only thing I can recommend is more cowbell. <laughs> Good answer. You know what? Like I'm not going to YouTube tonight for that. So there's that. Get some rest. Plenty of rest yeah. between now and then. Hydrate. Uh, yeah, I got to hydrate. Got to hydrate, hydrate. Carline. Had a good workout Hydration's today. Hydration's good. Went for a long walk. That's what old people do. We walk. We don't run. Went for a long walk. A good workout. Did it like a real good workout. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm ready. But it's only Tuesday. I know. It, it, it just feels weird. At least that it's it's, only at least it didn't go Saturday to Sunday and right. be a yeah. an eight day. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. So uh, so that's good. I think it's I think it is that. I think it's because. We don't have anything to look forward to on our Friday, because other than getting on an airplane, yeah. Um, so I think it's that's part of. I it. think it's part of that. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just it's it's get us to the flight, get us to Kansas City, and uh, and get us to what hopefully will be one of the most magical days in franchise history. The last two Saturdays, you could draw it up better. I can't say you couldn't have drawn it better. You could, but the ending was so exhilarating. Yeah, right. Back to back Saturdays. Yeah, I think last week we were ready to speed it up, you know, and this week I'm ready to speed it up, but we still have to win. And we had those big, we had those those big, it was a big weekend, back-to-back really big weekends in our city. And winning the game was the icing on the cake of those great weekends, but just seeing the tailgaters and how many people were at our two parties, the one at Strings and the one at uh, Dix that we did in conjunction with the Jags, and just just the feel to it all. And you know what I mean? It was, there was just something about it that uh, the, the, you're right, Hayes. It was the ramp up to the Fridays uh, that we knew were going to be crazy, and, and sitting in those sports bars and throwing out T-shirts and yelling Duval and 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 so because that's missing now. I guess that's I guess that's the difference in our, our energy. But I'll I say, need both of y'all to do that on your separate planes on we're Friday. We're going to, to keep up the throw the T-shirts and yell Duval. Yes. Well, it'll be easy to generate yeah. excitement yeah, I, on I, your plane. I'll have, some, <laughs> I'll have some excited people on my plane. I'll say this. I will say this. I doubt I'm going to predict the Jaguar victory. I just don't think I'm going to because I think the Chiefs are the best team in football and they're playing at home, and I think Mahomes is spectacular and Andy Reid and all that. So I'm not going to predict something that I don't necessarily believe is going to happen. But I'll tell you this. I'm not this, well, you know, the Jags are a cute little story and they're going to come in there and, you know, and, and, and roll over like the cute little story is supposed to. Screw that. I mean, the Jags might win the game. I, 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 would, I will tell you this. It would not surprise me if the Jags win there and win that game. Uh, again, I can't in good faith pick them because I'm I, I'm I got to pick who I think is going to win the game. You know who I, who I would bet on if I was betting money, but I I I would not be surprised at the way the Jags are playing, the resiliency of this freaking team. And I'm trying not to be a homer when I say I'm trying to say what would I say if I was in Chicago, if I was in Chicago or Peoria or New York doing this show, I would say I predict the Kansas City Chiefs to win the game. Okay, they're a nine point favorite. Nine point favorites at home usually win the game. 
But I would also say, don't count those suckers in Jacksonville out, because you do that at your at your your own peril, man. I mean, I I really feel that way. It would not surprise me, one lick, if we went up there and beat them. I, I I'm telling you, I I I I wouldn't. I mean, not. I mean, I do not think this is a laydown for the Chiefs. I so help me, I don't. I mean, I certainly don't think it is. We saw the Dolphins with a backup quarterback yes. go into Buffalo Great and have string. a chance to win that game. And we saw the Ravens with a backup quarterback go to Cincinnati and have Great a chance point. to win that game. Great and point. this is a team that doesn't have a backup quarterback but has one of the better quarterbacks in all yeah. of the league. We might go up there and just beat them. I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm just caught up in this. Uh, I don't know. I-, I always think that once you get to the tournament, it helps if you've really had to fight just to get into it. It just hones you. It sharpens you. It's just the Jaguars right now are a switchblade. I mean, they are a dangerous team because they have been playing for their lives for weeks now. And Kansas City isn't that. Kansas City has been able to, and they're very, very talented, but they've been able to sort of cruise. They were only really playing for home field, and even that got kind of muddled with what happened in in the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. Right. Uh, and so, to me, the Chiefs have to show that they have the eye of the tiger. The Jaguars have shown that. And, and I do think that that intangible carries a lot of weight when you get to the NFL playoffs. We have seen time and time again. Look at Tom Coughlin's two championship teams in New York. I think they were the last seed in both right. years. Right. Uh, but so, to me, there is something to have – having to play your way in, I think, gives you a belief – when you have already won basically playoff games, I mean, the Jaguars have won one technical playoff game, but the Tennessee game Feels might like as well two. have been one. Feels like two. I agree and even that. before the Tennessee game, Trevor mm-hmm. was saying, look, we've been in this for the last six weeks. I just think they're honed for this kind of game. And the Chiefs have experience as a team, obviously, in the tournament. Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid's won a Super Bowl. Uh, Travis Kelsey's been a part of this. But their whole team hasn't. There, there are a lot of players on their team that have to prove that they can play well in this environment uh, with this kind of pressure. And, again, I, I think it absolutely – from a talent standpoint, uh, the Chiefs have an edge, obviously. But, look, Patrick Mahomes is not unbeatable. He went up against Josh Allen at home this year and lost. He went up against Joe Burrow this year and lost. So it tells you that – of the, quote, elite quarterbacks, he's yet to really beat one. And here comes the newest member of the elite quarterback club. And so I, I absolutely think the Jaguars have a chance to win this game. Trevor didn't play, obviously, very well in the first half of this past game, but the way that he finished that game, it to me it says he's going to go into Arrowhead and he's going to sling it. I'll say this. Hopefully to his own players. When the Jags beat the Denver Broncos, in 1996, again, the, the the setup was the same. Young team kind of came out of nowhere. The uh, That team was second year in existence. This team is one year removed from having the first pick. Had, had a good future, but they were playing the, the best quarterback in the league. They were playing a high-flying team at home. It was a prohibitive favorite. But that team shocked the world when they won that game. They shocked the world. It was one of the biggest upsets in NFL playoff history. This will not be that. That's the point. This isn't that. I assure you, if we're standing there at, at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central on, on Saturday night 
and the Jags have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 27, people aren't going to be shocked. Surprised, but they're not good there. I'm telling you they're not going to be shocked. They're really not. So um so again, that's and that, that I don't I don't think that's Homer talk. I I really don't. Got to love that uh quote today from Doug Peterson, whether it's our money or house money, we're here. Yeah, that's right. That's love yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I do but I do think this, Gibby. I do think the whole house money aspect of it makes them loose a little bit. For sure. Don't don't did you think that? Oh, I don't think there's any yeah. tightness at all for yeah. the Jaguars. Yeah, cuz it cuz it does feel like no one wants to say house money cuz every you don't get here very often. Every game matters. But the reality is they can play loose and laid back more so. They can. They really can. So, so we'll see. And I think a lot of times you'd go into Kansas City thinking man, Andy Reid's such a good coach. Can my coach, you know, be as good as him in the moment? And Doug Peterson, even though Reid was a mentor of his, he's still going to be just as good in the moment. We'll see. All right, here's what we're going to do. We are going to uh, take a break. When we come back, I'm going to make a comparison. I'm going to compare the Jaguars to another franchise, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if you guys agree with this. Come with me on that. We'll do that coming up. we got a Duval County Scholar athlete at the bottom of the hour. we got Denny Thompson checking in at 5 o'clock, talking about Trevor and all this quarterback play. i got some other quarterback conversations uh, to have at the college level, too. we got all kind of fun stuff going on. Glad you're with us. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Whether it's our money or house money, um, we're here. And uh, it's a credit to those players in the locker room. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. You didn't think Gibby was going to miss that, did you? <laughs> well, you didn't think he was missing that cowbell reference, did you? I did not. Not a chance in the world. I mean, Gibby is so quick. You didn't have the word bell out of your mouth. Yeah. You, you, he had only he heard the first syllable. He heard the word cow. And before you went to, before you said bell, this was pulled up. He's grinning in there. He, he, you know, <laughs> you know it. Have you ever heard Christopher Walken talk about that afterwards, by the way? You're like uh, on Fallon? Just that uh, people yeah. come up to him. He, 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 he said, Jimmy, it ruined my career. <laughs> he said, I'd Jimmy, say that's debatable. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy goes, how did it ruin He said, that's all they want to talk about. Yeah. I've been, he said, you know, I'm a mo- major motion picture star. But, <laughs> but all they want to talk about is cowbell. And so then Farrell, and then then Farrell walked out like was in it. Oh, that's cool. It was really funny. It was it was so they're all talking. About it's it. probably one of the more creative skits they've ever done ever, which is saying a mouthful because that show's just been yeah. comedic gold for decades. Right. Uh, but I mean, who would think of that? Just I mean, in the physical comedy that Will Farrell has in that, right? Is it's it's. it's I mean, it's on the Mount Rushmore, a physical comedy. Hey, well, the shirt. I mean, the shirt and the furry <laughs> yeah. belly. And but, I, but I'm telling you, you could, you could, you could YouTube that right now, right now. Even though we've all seen it 200 times, and you'd laugh your ass off. You couldn't stop laughing, even though I know it's coming. Yeah, I've watched it a thousand times. You know, the. Uh, I mean, I mean, when Walken says, "I'm like everybody else. I put my pants on one leg at a time." I want to have them on and make gold records. I mean, I'd laugh. I could not stop laughing, yeah. right, like right now. Yeah, and he's great in it. Yeah. Cause have how oh, he's hilarious. Straight, he right. delivers yeah. the yeah. lines. Yes. I, mean, yeah. so, I do feel like people don't talk about SNL anymore. They don't now. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, but it's, well, it's, there's, it's too much other, there's too much other stuff distributed. Comedy's now. hard now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is hard to, to I, I think, try to make people laugh and well, and, stay politically and still, have, still be employed. <laughs> well, well, that, well, that's part of it. The other part of it is, you don't need to wait till turn your television on at eleven thirty on Saturday night because you've seen eighty-seven funny things on on your phone that week. So, I mean, you might have, you might back in the day, you didn't see anything funny till that night at eleven thirty. 
You know, so the uh, you guys won't, aren't old enough to remember this, but before there was Saturday Night Live, there was a TV show called The Midnight Special, and it was the same thing. Also, it was music, and I don't and whoever had the number one song, I don't care if it's a Chicago or a Living Newton genre, they were on it. Everybody wanted to be on it, and it was live at eleven thirty on on Saturday night on NBC, and then that predated Saturday Night. Live. We don't need that anymore. You got any song I want. You know, that's why videos died. You know, it's because I don't need I don't need to watch VH1 anymore because any song I want on my phone. So anyway. I saw on Twitter that Cat Williams was in town, obviously the comedian, and was talking about the Jaguars throughout his comedic performance Saturday night. Oh, is that so right? So that very part's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I guess he predicted cool. a Jaguars win and then kept giving people the score as it was going on. I've been thinking about the Jags, and I've been thinking about how sustainable what we think we have here is because we've had we've had runs at it before. The late '90s um, looked sustainable, but we got in salary cap hell. 2007, we weren't sure it was sustainable, but it was a good team. It just didn't last at all. Uh, 17, obviously, wasn't sustainable at all. So this is the, this is the fourth crack at it we've had, right? This is the fourth kind of real crack at this we've had. And I made this comparison. I wonder if the Jags are a lot like the New Orleans Saints. Okay? Southern City, one hour away from a major SEC town, and a lot of your fans were that before they – the. Saints didn't come around until 1967, okay? So, so here, you, but LSU was there forever. LSU was winning national championships well before the Saints came around, right? So in, in the heart of this southern football mecca, which is what Louisiana is, they put an NFL team there. There's still nothing else other than the basketball, okay? Other than that, I mean, they have the NBA. So um, now New Orleans has New Orleans, right? I mean, we don't, we don't have Bourbon Street here, so I'm not saying the cities are the same, but it's a southern city that loves its Saints, let me give you the start of the, 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 the history of the Saints. They were they started in 1967. You know how many straight losing seasons they had? 15. 12. 12 straight losing well, You're, you're kind of right. Actually, you're right. 12 straight losing seasons. Then they had their Mecca, an 8-8 eight eight season in 79, followed by three more losing seasons. So you're really right. 15, 16 is really the number, 15 out of 16. So you're right. To start their franchise. Then there were 8-8 eight and 8 in 83. In three more losing seasons. So, realistically, they had 18 of their first 20 seasons. 18 of their first 20 seasons were losing seasons, and the other two were 8-8. Eight and eight. So, they never had a winning season while having a franchise for 20 years. And that's the Aints. And remember the hat? They wore the bags. and a, But can you imagine? I mean, I guess we can't imagine because we've had something similar. Didn't but, we steal the bags from the yeah, Saints fans? Yeah, I think fans? we did at some point. Yeah, but, but so – so anyway, so now then they had a good stretch in 87, 87 through like 92 when Jim Mora was there. They, they had some good teams. They, 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 had, they had some real 12-win teams, 10-win teams, and 11-win team. Uh, they were good under Mora. Never did much in the tournament, no, but no, pretty but they good got in the regular there. season. I almost had forgotten Mora was there. I so remember him with the Colts. Yeah, I, I mean, because I, of the sound bites. Yeah, because of the playoffs, right. But, I, but at the time, so, so anyway, he had been in the USFL, by the way. Right, He'd been to he U- always beat up. He beat the Bulls. He was great in the USFL. Yeah. So, so, but then they got then then they kind of were up and down for a while, kind of mediocre. And Sean Payton and Drew Brees showed up in 06 together. Okay. Sean Payton and, and they've been good ever since. Since then, Sean Payton was there 16 years, nine time nine and sixteen years. He had double digit wins, double digit season. Um his only losing seasons were seven and nine. The worst he ever did was seven and nine, handful of those. One of those might have been a bounty gate, too. Might have been, yeah. So Where so he wasn't even coaching. Correct. But so the point to the, the comparison is Sean Payton and Drew Brees showed up. 
and they became an elite franchise forever. Now they now they're this year. I mean, under Dennis Allen, they weren't the same. So they've got to at some point everybody's got a quarterback. Yeah, right, right. And at some point, everybody's got to rebuild. The Patriots are doing it. I mean, some at some point, everybody, the Steelers and Patriots are having to do it. So, but are we are we kind of the Saints in a lot of ways? I mean, you, if you think about the, the cities, the geography, the fan bases. Don't you think there's a lot of similarities? I do. I th- I think we're we've been a stronger franchise than the Saints. You know, our playoff records eight and seven. Right. I mean, when when we get in, we make noise. I mean, it we're Jacksonville rare for for never going to the Super Bowl. Right. They're they're rarely one and done. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, you know, and and so I you know I, I would say that they've been more successful than the Saints. Uh, leading up to the Hall of Fame quarterback and the Hall of Fame coach, assuming Peyton makes it, Drew Brees is a lock, uh, arriving. And and we'll see. That could certainly be the case with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, there is a long way to go. Trevor Lawrence is 23 years old. But uh, it's it's not unthinkable that he could end up being one of the best players of this generation. And certainly Doug Peterson, if if he if if the Jaguars ever win a Super Bowl and probably only need to get to one, I don't know how you don't put Doug Peterson in. He would have won the only Super Bowl Philadelphia has and gotten to or won the only Super Bowl Jacksonville has ever had. So I uh, yeah, but from that standpoint, absolutely, because now you look at what New Orleans did and at the start of the Peyton Breeze run. And that is a thing. I think a fair expectation for Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence moving forward. Quarterback and coach. When you get that, you get the Super Bowls. It, it's almost, it's almost a a foolproof formula. Well, and the one thing that kind of irks me as a fan is Aaron Rodgers. Let's say he never wins another one. He only gets one. Drew Brees only got one. And yet here's this Tom Brady cat who now has seven. You'd think that it would be more balanced and Rodgers would have a oh. couple, Breeze would have a couple, and Brady would have fewer than seven. Peyton only had one until he showed up in Denver right. and won because of Von Miller and a bunch of defensive yeah. right. guys. The fact very, that Eli very has little two. to do with the second yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that Eli has two is, is I think, surprising. Ben Roethlisberger's got two. Right. You know, Absolutely. So, and, he, and he doesn't. He's not in the top whatever group of, of those right. guys. But so. yeah. I think long term you're looking at it. I think it's a very fair comparison. The only difference I would say is because of the Jaguars' early success, it, the fans might have gotten a little spoiled. That's the difference. Yeah. The difference is the Saints had to wait 21 years for a winning season, which is astounding. And uh, that's incredible. And and the uh, and the Jaguars had it right out of the gate. But after that, it was very and I and I just and I can tell you that and and because I'm I wasn't looking for comps as much as I was looking when I was preparing the show today looking for sustainability right because that's the uh, and that's the conversation after the Jags either lose eventually or win the Super Bowl the sustainability conversation we're going to have at some point would you rather have Sean Payton or Doug Peterson as the head coach probably Doug yeah I we're going to do the we're going to do the Trevor Mahomes thing later on yeah Doug I say Doug they got they have the same amount of titles and Doug didn't have Drew Brees you know, I yeah. And Doug's never been embroiled in any controversy. Yeah, yeah, I, and I just can't imagine. And I think Sean Payton's a really good coach. Yeah, and, and I just, but I just, I also can't imagine. There's nothing I would change. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to say, okay, well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get rid of Peterson to bring in Payton, and right. this is hypothetically, but to your question, well, what, what am I improving on? Yeah, right. What needs to be improved on? Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't change a single thing. Yeah, I'm not sure he's a better coach. I think Peterson might be better. I think Doug Peterson. 
I know the sample size is one year. Given what he inherited, given the not just when I say the culture, I, I want to be fair about this. Not just what happened with Urban last year, but the years and years and years and years and years of losing. That's not a bad culture because you have a wonderful owner and a wonderful business office and wonderful fan base, but you have inherited a team that did nothing but other than 17 has done nothing but lose for double digit years. And so that's what he, that's, that's in addition to in, inheriting something that was so broken because of the urban year, it also is a franchise that hasn't done anything in forever. And so goodness great. And again, so did Sean Payton. Sean Payton inherited the same thing in New Orleans. That's why I think the comp is a really good one. I, but the difference is, uh, Doug Peterson. I mean, the difference is this place hasn't had Drew Brees until now. So um, hey, we'll see. I, I, I and think Trevor's better than Drew Brees, wouldn't you say? Drew Brees he's, really he's good. He's more physically, yeah. Okay, gift. yeah, yeah, yeah. Count, more talent. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. That's how to, I should have phrased the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Trevor right now. Let's be honest. Is like any other quarterback in a second year. By the way, is all about the enormous potential. And and potential doesn't always play out. It looks like it's going to in this case. But it's, it's enormous, enormous potential. Drew Brees is a really good player now. I mean, Drew Brees is one of the greatest, greatest what in history? Drew Brees? Greatest give quarterbacks? Me give, I think you'd have to put him in the top seven, and, and that may be conservative. Yeah, and, and football's hard because there's a big dividing line between before 1982 and after 82. The, the, the rules all changed. So where do you put Bradshaw and Staubach and Unitas and all those old guys? But – but certainly, if you do the dividing line, if you're talking about those post-82 guys, Marino and Montana and Brady and Peyton, he's in that group. That's what that's the group we're talking about, Yeah, I right? want to say he's second all-time yeah. in yardage and yeah. touchdowns. He's right there. Because right I think Brady yeah. eclipsed him. Yeah. So, when I mean, Breeze retired, he was first. So if you're in that, so if you're in that group, in, in, in the post-82 group, if you don't, take, if you don't consider Unitas and Staubach and, and Bradshaw and Tarkenton. And if you do draw a line, I don't know, because I don't know how you don't really. That post 82 group, Marino Montana, Brady group, Peyton group, he's right there. He, in, in fact, if the conversation is Brady, again, I'm, I'm going, I'm going post Montana, Marino, okay? You're if, not including Montana and Marino. No, I'm not. No, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, saying, I'm saying if you go, if you go post those guys. Okay. So go, basically, no, 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 I take it back. I take it back. I am concluding Montana, Mar Marino. Right. I'm not including Unitas, Staubach, Bradshaw. Gotcha. So, but if you go Montana, Marino, Brady, Manning, Elway, Elway, Breeze is coming up next in the conversation, isn't he? I, I think so. I, I don't think you could have him lower than seventh. Yeah, I, I in might that group. I yeah. might listen to. Obviously, Brady would be ahead of him. I Montana's ahead. Of him. Montana's ahead of him. Yeah. I would probably put Peyton ahead of him. Yeah, I would too. But I'd listen to it. Yeah, yeah I'd listen to the I'd, argument. I'd put Peyton um, and Elway ahead of him. I but I, but, but Elway. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll throw him in. Uh, so that's four. Brady Montana, uh, Brady Manning, Mo Elway, Marino yeah. is uh, is better. Uh, I think Marino's better. Um, but by a hair. Yeah. By a hair. So that's five. So now yeah. Breed's a six. Yeah. Is there yeah. another guy that we're missing? And, and, that and, and again, this is the – we're not including the old-timers. We're not right. including Unitas, Staubach, Bradshaw. Not that group. It's, it's Steve Young. I think Breeze is better than Steve Young. I do too. Um, I do too. I do too. Steve Young inherited a very good. I would he's definitely a very good take player. Breeze over Aikman. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine there's anybody else in that conversation. Yeah, and and again, if you're not counting active players under 30, yeah. so like yeah, obviously and, and, and Mahomes, that's a different wave too. Yeah, has a chance to. Yeah, yeah. But but for the here and now, yeah, I think you in that yeah. group, I'd put Breeze no yeah. no yeah. no worse. 
yeah. than six. If you break this into three eras, the pre-82 era, Unitas, Bradshaw, Staubach, Tarkenton, they were stable. They were great players back then. So take that era away. And then there's the third era of Mahomes and Josh Allen and whoever else. They, that 82 to now, that's when the, that's the golden that's the golden age. And if it's Brady and Manning and, yeah, he's in that conversation. So, anyway, the point is – the point Oh, is, Aaron Rodgers and would he, be in he's there. He's in the conversation, too. Uh, I'd have Breeze ahead of him. I'd have Breeze ahead of him. Uh, I'd probably take – I'd probably take Rodgers. Would you? Yeah. So, but again, that's yeah. still seventh. Yeah, yeah. At I'd, worst, he's seventh. Yeah, that's right. So, so. here are Breeze's stats: his first few years, the his second years when he started all uh, sixteen games, seventeen touchdowns, sixteen picks. Is this San, is this San, San Diego, Diego or here? San Diego. Okay. San Diego. Thank. Oh, keep going. And then eleven touchdowns, fifteen picks. His second full year, but he only played eleven yeah. games. But he was the full starter. His third year, he finally had 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Not is that finally, still the Chargers? Or that the yes, that was all the Chargers. Because I can tell the Chargers the first five years. Because I can tell you, his arm was so hurt. I remember when he played here, and they said he can't get the ball to the sideline, and they they gave up on him. That's why they drafted Philip Rivers. They they had given up on Drew Brees. They didn't think he was very good, and Saban wanted him in Miami. Yeah, that's the ultimate domino. Yeah, it's completely changed football. Yeah. over the last 25 years, is if. The Dolphins' medical staff signs off and clears Breeze. Right. He would have been a Dolphin. And Saban may never leave. Saban may never leave. Right. New Orleans never happens. Who knows yeah. if the Alabama dynasty ever happens. Yeah, By the way, point. Drew Brees, from the time he started in New Orleans until 2017, had double-digit interceptions. Yeah. It wasn't until his final four years that he cut down on the interceptions. Is that right? Yeah. So. What were her, fi- her final career totals for Breeze for touchdown passes and yardage? Touchdown passes is 80. For no uh, career. Oh, sorry. Career 243. No, no, no. That can't be right. Don't worry about it. Pull it up. Oh, here we go. 571. Yeah. Okay. 571 touchdowns. And then yardage 80,358. Yeah, that's probably that's yeah. a lot. That would be a... Uh... I, would, I would take that for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I would, too. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll talk more about Trevor, Mahomes, and a whole lot coming up in the program. But when we come back, we've got our Duval County Scholar-Athlete of the Week. That's next. Stay with us. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. Our Duval County Scholar Athlete this week is Aliyah Robertson, a senior at Mandarin. Thanks so much for joining us, Aliyah, and congratulations. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Absolutely. All right, let's talk all about weightlifting and track and field. I'm going to start with weightlifting. How did you get into it, and how much do you love it? I love weightlifting, like, a lot. Um, it's become, you know, a bigger love now, but I started my junior year and I did it because it's going to help me with shot put and discus. And I know that like, I don't know, I I know that it's going to be like very beneficial to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very, very cool. So tell us, I was going to ask you about that. So shot put and the two field events, shot put and discus, discus. Tell us about those, how you got involved in those and, uh, and, and what it's like. Well, I've been doing shot put since I was seven years old. Really, and I've been pretty good since the age of seven. So <laughs> I love that. I've I've carried on ever since, and I like discus. I think you can't really start it until like twelve years old, but I started it, and I'm decent at it. But shot put is like really where, yeah. really where my heart is. So tell me, that's really cool. So so I you know I've heard it, you hear about youth youth soccer or youth basketball, but I didn't know they had like track events or field events that young. So how, tell me how that all came up. That's a really cool story. Yeah, like my dad, I think he knew that running wasn't for me because my brother, he does running. But 
like shop foot, I guess my dad used to do it when he was in high school. Okay. He was like, that'd probably be, you know, a really good sport for her to do. That's really that's so, yeah. a, that's really cool. Seven years old. That's awesome. We were talking about your favorite athletic moment, and you mentioned uh, state your sophomore year. Uh, tell us all about it. Yep, I remember going to districts that year, and I remember I PR'd and I threw about thirty-eight feet, and I was like so excited. And I remember that that moment and just like being so happy. And I was like, what can I do to like get myself to that forty-foot m- marker? And I remember. I was looking up videos and stuff like that, and I was like, I hope I hope this does it. I hope it does it. And I went to States, and I did it. And I was like, it was so, it was such an amazing moment. And I just remember how excited I was to be on that podium, like the best 10th grader, like, at that time. Wow. And it was just so amazing. So What a cool story. Absolutely. And there aren't a lot of girls in this, um, in these events, right? Nope. And the girls that, are in the event like you get to grow like some type of bond with them because you see them every year and then you know of course they leave but you talk you get to talk to them at the track meets and things like that like you you get you get to know yeah. i love your enthusiasm for it it's very cool it's infectious <laughs> for all of us too just to hear how excited that that makes you which is why you do it which is really cool tell us about academics you're obviously a very good student you got to kind of balance the two right yep and sometimes it gets hard like i don't I don't want to do it sometimes, but I know that I like to have good grades. Like it's, it's just been something that I've always wanted to have. And the fact that like I'm good at sports and I'm good at school, like, I don't know, that just like ties it all in for me. Very cool. What are you hoping to study in college? Biology. I want to be a doctor, an obstetrician, something like that. Awesome. That's a very good goal, but you don't yet know where you want to go to school? Nope, not yet. I know I want to stay in Florida. Where it's like, warm, right? Yeah, where it's warm. <laughs> I don't do the cold. <laughs> how'd you pick medicine? How'd, how'd you pick wanting to be a doctor? Where, 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 how long have you known that's kind of the goal? I love helping people. Like That's something that I love to do. My dad, I know my dad loves to help people. And I'm like, you know, I see, like as a younger person, I just saw how he used to do things. And I just love seeing people's, like, the smile on people's faces when you do something nice for them, no matter if it's big or small. Aliyah Robertson, you are you are great. We can have you in here all the time. You do a great job. Aliyah Robertson is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week, a uh, great student and terrific at both weightlifting and track and field from Mandarin High School. Congratulations. It was great to meet you. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you guys. Aliyah uh, Robertson from uh, from Mandarin, and uh, you know she's gonna be a good doctor. I concur. I can I can already tell you she's gonna she's gonna be a very she's gonna be a good doctor. She did a great job. It was great having her in here. She was. She was a, telling me she just won her first uh, weightlifting award, and that was 165 pounds on the bench. Wow, how about that? Pretty freaking that's good. Awesome. Yeah. 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 But she, I loved her personality. She's excited and mm-hmm. excitable, and that, that's hey, that's why we do this. So for that, All right, let's wrap, wrap up some thoughts about. I want to get to uh, some Trevor thoughts in a bit, but I do. The whole point of this topic we had a moment ago. <laughs> We, we, you know, you want something so bad sometimes that you talk yourself into it's happening. And, and we want, it's been so hard to have anything sustainable in, this, in these 28 years. This is the year 28 that the Jags have had a football team. But gosh almighty, I, I, I don't want to jinx it. I'm looking for wood everywhere to, to, to knock on. But when you get the quarterback and the coach and the culture and obviously the owner spends and – Boy, oh, boy, it doesn't look like much can derail this. And, again, I'm not trying to get ahead of Saturday's game. We'll get to that. But in terms of where we're headed in the next decade, my goodness, it looks like it's 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 
it's positive. I mean, I, it really, really does. Well, again, if you've got the quarterback and the head coach, I mean, you've got 70% of the battle won. You know, now it's about you, you fi- really do. filling in the other 30% in terms of the rest of your roster. And you do have a, an owner that's willing to uh, do whatever it takes to win. Uh, you've got a good young group of, of talent that will continue to develop. And, and they will have to eventually start parting ways with some quality players. That's just the nature of the NFL. But the other side of that is they will get something that they've never had, which is comp picks. So, you know, it, it, you don't ever want to lose players, but at least when you do start losing players uh, that you, you view as more number 11 through 13 on your roster, not number, they're not going to lose anybody in their top seven. Um, but at least, you know, if other teams come in, and we've been on the other side of this for 15 years, uh, and, and give them a bunch of money, then the league rewards you with uh, developing that player into that contract, and, and you get a pretty high comp pick. You can get as high as a third. Uh, and, and those picks can, I mean, again, why does Baltimore have such a, a – why has Baltimore not lost a preseason game in six years? It's because their roster is so deep. Why is it so deep? Because they constantly get third and fourth round comp picks. Uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations that, that fall into that. So I uh, that – Winning, there's a penalty in winning in the sense that, yes, you're at the back of the draft and things like that. But the league does put in some things that help correct uh, and reward really good roster cultivation and development. And so, uh, you know, the, the Jaguars should be in a, in a, in a great place. I'm, I'm anxious to see what they do in this next draft uh, because obviously it will be a, a late round pick. And uh, and I'm I'm curious to see the direction in which they they elect to take it. Our good buddy Dane Brugler released a mock draft today. He has the Jaguars taking uh, the Georgia tight end Washington. I uh, you know so that that's that'll be interesting to see if it's that if it's a corner. Um, but they now have a lot of options, and I don't think at least in this off season they're going to lose anybody that they don't want to lose. That that they won't always be in that position. Uh, when Trevor's contract comes up, then it's going to make it a little bit, little bit harder. But in terms of having the quarterback and the head coach, and I do think they've got some attractive other young talent, uh, they should be at the front of this division now for several years, uh, particularly if Indy and Houston and Tennessee botch whatever their next big quarterback decision is. The other good part is, Doug Peterson's not going to have a falling out with anyone here in Jacksonville. And Doug Peterson's not going to get run out of town by the quarterback either. So you're not going to have the situation that Doug Peterson had in Philadelphia. And you're not going to have the situation, say, Mike McCarthy did with the Packers and and the feuding with Aaron Rodgers. Doug Peterson is here for as long as he wants to win here. Great point. The chemistry between those two is a big part of all this. Well said. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll keep, keep it on Trevor. Trevor versus Mahomes. That's our conversation point. Stay with us. You couldn't write a better script than to, to win a game like that tonight. So uh, it makes it more special, but don't want to do that again. So, you know, got to take care of the ball. That's where it starts. You know, I think besides that, it was a pretty, you know, all phases played pretty well besides just the turnovers on offense. You know, I think we can be, or I know we can be better on third down. We weren't great tonight. So it's another area to improve on. But took advantage of our red zone opportunities, scored on most of those or all of those. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just hang on to the ball. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, 
your friends in the car business since 1941. Great friends, he's Carline Lauren Brooks. Andrew Gibson with you as we continue along on a Nimnik Tuesday. We thank our friends from the Nimnik Family Dealerships. Nimnik Chevrolet is on Cassett. Nimnik Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. You want a car, do what I've been doing since 1982. Buy your cars from Nimnik. Um, we had this conversation yesterday, Trevor. That was Trevor Lawrence uh, after the game, or this week, I guess. That was after the game. Um, talking about uh, uh, what they could do better. So we had this conversation the other day about Trevor Mahomes. And you made an interesting comment. You said it again to Dave Campo, who had the greatest answer ever, by the way. He the, did. The, 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 but you said it. Uh, you said you asked Dave if you could have Trevor or Mahomes right now. And again, and, you're, and I think your go-to is because of the dis- difference in age. But none- it's absolutely that. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, because Mahomes is twenty-seven and right. Trevor's twenty-three. Right. But the the question is, if you right now could have, if you, if were, you were starting a team today, yeah. If you were, if you were the Carolina Panthers, correct. And, and there's and all of a sudden. I, I put a rule in that said you can have any quarterback in the league. Right. You can if if the Carolina Panthers right now hired Sean Payton or whoever they're going to hire, and and said I don't think they hired Payton by the way, but whoever they hired they hired whoever they hired, and all of a sudden there was the, the NFL wrote in this rule that the Carolina Panthers can have any quarterback they want, and they and they immediately get to sign him to an eight year contract. You would take Trevor over if that's the circumstance. You would take Trevor. I would. Now it's very close, and I'd take Mahomes for Saturday. Yeah, right. But right. but if but for me, I would want the four years extra because I'm I'm approaching it as these are going to be my quarterbacks beyond the eight years. These are going to be my quarterbacks until they retire. Well, Trevor could play eighteen more years and be forty one. I, I mean, they're they're both great situations. Don't get me wrong, but I I think because of the four years, I'd rather have Trevor. What would what would, what would your answer be that? It would be Mahomes, and I certainly understand mm-hmm. Hayes's point. But just because we've seen him do it longer, uh, he has a better touchdown to interception ratio than most people who've played the game, <clears throat> and he does things that I don't think any other quarterback can do. Not Josh. I don't I don't even put Josh Allen in that category. He just does things I don't think anyone else can do, and he's won a Super Bowl. To me, that gives him the the edge. My, I would take Mahomes. If you knew they were going to be identical, you'd way rather have the extra four years. Yep. But I would take Mahomes because I already know what he is. I've got a hunch I know what Trevor's going to be, but I'm not sure yet. Whereas I am sure with Mahomes, and I think Mahomes is. I might take Trevor over Josh Allen in that same conversation. I think I take just. But if that and, and I and I I'm close. I'm not there yet, but I'm close to that. That wouldn't be really hard for me. I would take Mahomes. I think Mahomes is Michael Jordan. I think he's going to be one of the greatest players in the history of the sport. I think he. I think in the history. I think he's going to be one of the greatest players in the history of the sport. Uh, so I would take Mahomes. But that's not the point of the topic. The fact that we're having that conversation. I mean, think about the the fact that you took Mahomes. I mean, I'm sorry. The fact that you took Trevor. The fact that you at least thought about it, Lauren. The mm-hmm. fact that I, not quite thinking about it yet, but the fact that I get it. What a what a statement that is about Trevor Lawrence. Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. He's an un he he may be the best football player to come into the league in in three decades. You know so so or two decades. So so for me, the fact that we could even have a conversation that who would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Trevor Lawrence, and you would take Trevor Lawrence, and you're probably not alone. I think Patrick Mahomes would win the vote. Win the vote. But the the fact of the matter is. What does that say about what Trevor, what we've seen in Trevor Lawrence? It's not like you're saying this on draft day with Trevor. You've seen enough. You know what I mean? I mean, you've seen enough of him 
that you would go that way, boy, that 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 forecast a maybe an amazing future for this guy. Yeah, and I was surprised because Dave Campo really didn't hesitate. He no, he, like, no, he kind of he kind of agreed with because you. of the four years I take Trevor. Yeah, yeah, and again, by the way, the four years are huge if Trevor's going to be as good as Mahomes. Then the four years are gigantic. I just don't know yet. I, know? I don't think I, – I will say this, and again, this is taking – let's just take health out of the equation. Let's right. just say – you know, Assuming they're both going to be healthy. They're both going to be healthy. What Trevor did Saturday night might be one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen a quarterback do. Hard to argue, boy. Hard to argue. I mean, there's no way a player can do that as a 23-year-old and is not obviously on their way to super, super, superstardom. I don't have one – um, disagreement there. I, I, I can't even find, I can't even find another, a counter to that. He threw, he, he, he threw four straight touchdown passes after a miserable start in his first ever playoff game with the whole world watching. And I mean, some of them were dimes. Some were open, some were dimes, man. I mean, he, he threw And he threw some passes to the sideline that weren't touchdown passes that were really good. Did, did someone, did you read the stats he had yesterday? Were you the one that read yeah. the stats? After, after, after the last the pick, game, yeah. after the last pick, give me these numbers again. He started the game four of sixteen for thirty yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions, okay. a zero point zero <laughs> passer rating. He then on national television, yeah, in his playoff debut, when 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 he could have been totally rattled by the start. How could you not be? Yeah, facing an off season of massive scrutiny, right. Goes 24 of 31 for 258 yards with four touchdowns and no interceptions. And that's in about a half a football. A little bit more. Half and some change. Yeah. It's about 30, probably, what, 35 minutes of yeah, football? Yeah. 24 of 31, 258, four touchdowns, no picks. Scored a touchdown. You know? and, and ran for a two-point conversion. Yeah, or yep. scored a two-point. I'm sorry. Ran for a two-point conversion. Which we found out today, he changed that play at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. And he changed the Zay Jones touchdown. Yeah, yes. that's right. So uh, at if he develops that, if he yeah. even get, we're talking well, about Brady's, he's, he's if, he, if he ever gets 85% of Drew Brees' acumen for reading a defense, yeah. he'll, I mean, he will be completely unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that might hold him back is if that knack never really comes but again to be 23 in your playoff debut and to make those two checks that lead to a, a touchdown that not only a touchdown they had to score quick that's a complete failure by the chart you I mean the last thing you can do right is let the Jaguars score in two and a half minutes right which is what what they did and and uh you know see, see the two-point conversion play he learns he he really does learn from his mistakes it's it's ironic that he made the same mistake on the goal line earlier in the year which was the mistake where it was like, okay, now it's like, is he going to get this? Why is he not getting this? But since that mistake, he's learned from every mistake he's made. There was the uh, the sequence, was it against the Titans where it was fourth and one and he had a clear lane, but they still took the timeout because he didn't want to yeah, – well, obviously he learned from that because he saw the right. two-point conversion right. at the one and saw the gap and said, well, I'm not going to – not take advantage of that. Right. That's what great players do. Absolutely. And I think it's also the emotional maturity that he showed Saturday night. It, to go into the locker room, yes, you just threw one touchdown, but to go into that locker room with the four picks on national TV, going up against Justin Herbert, who's just had a great half of football, and to be able to, to shake all of that off 
and then go right back in and, and throw some passes that were contested. It's not like every guy was wide open in the second half. Certainly some guys were. But to to have the confidence to then still throw those those passes into tight windows, that is something that I, you just can't create. Dave Campo is here, and Hayes asked him the question. And Dave said, first Dave said, yeah, I'd take Trevor too. And I said, I have a tough time, Dave, I, because I know what Mahomes is. I'm not sure Trevor's there, even though I think he's getting there. He goes, yeah, that makes good sense too. And he goes, well, either one of them are better than Quincy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> God bless his soul. Uh, for people that don't know, Dave Campbell was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and he was saddled with Quincy Carter as quarterback. Which that was, was just a great answer. It was a tremendous answer because I remember that draft. I did too. And obviously we watched Quincy yeah. Carter, yeah. who was, I mean, all traits, no college production. And they took him in the second round, and right. it was like, "What are you doing?" Right. I mean, right. what are you doing? And we, and for us, and it never worked out. And for us, it was even it was more pronounced because we saw Quincy Carter, and did he wasn't very good? No, we. I mean, we're SEC people. We saw him all the time. We saw him in the Florida Georgia game. He was terrible. Right. I mean, I mean, I can remember he was a quarterback for Georgia. I forget what year, ninety eight, ninety nine, one of those years. Georgia would use has has those great uniforms, the the, the red, red and gray or great uniform or silver britches or great uniform they wore black pants i don't, I don't know why i remember this red helmets red shirts black pants it looked goofy florida had the all whites and doug johnson lit them up when doug johnson lights you up and <laughs> and and they beat the hell out of him. whatever year whatever year that was and i thought to myself quincy carter's no good and he's just taken in the second round by the dallas cowboys yeah it was a it was a atrocious pick when it was made and they <laughs> they did nothing but regret it and unfortunately Dave Campo was the head coach at, you know, to deal with making this pick work. Dave goes, well, it's Mahomes and Trevor, they're both better than Quincy <laughs> Carter. <laughs> so deadpan. That was out of nowhere. That was a great answer. God bless his soul. All right, so I'm going to take a break. I want to keep it on this, this NFL stuff. Tom Brady, obviously the Cowboys rolled him. By the way, wasn't it weird if Brett Maher couldn't kick an extra point? That was tough what, what to do you do? What do they do now? What do they do? I think they're going to stick with him uh, in hope. That it was just one of those nights, but he's going to need a couple strong days in practice. I mean, that was the yips, man. I mean, that was Ernie Els. It he was can't, can't putt. It, it was it was unbelievable. It was it was almost. I felt bad watching. I felt it. really yeah. bad. For I hated they kept, it. of course, zooming in because that's yeah, what they're supposed yeah, to. The first two weren't even close, right? And then the third one, he overcorrected, the, right? And then he hit the, and the fourth one hit the upright, and then the fourth one hit the upright, and then the fifth one he made. And yeah. we don't have to feel that bad because the game was never really in question. Yeah. But certainly for his NFL future, he may never. He's be a good on kicker. Team. Brett Maher is a good kicker. That, that's how bad Tampa Bay is. Yeah. The football gods <laughs> give Tom. <laughs> Brady, another <laughs> gift that you couldn't possibly right. ever it's imagine getting. And yeah. Tampa is so bad right. that yeah. they can't take it. I mean, the football gods are basically begging Tampa to win this game by a point because the Cowboys missed four extra points. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Tom Brady. You saw his presser. You saw the end of his presser when he thanked the media. And uh, I, got a lot of, I got a lot of thoughts on TB12. That's next. Stay with us. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and um, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me. Just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I – Gave the same thing back to you guys, so thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, 
your friends in the car business since 1941. The uh, comments of Tom Brady last night after the game kind of confirming what Hayes has said all along, you too, Lauren, that he's obviously done playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought that was clear. Uh, today's 10-10 take is brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville area locations. Here's today, the t- today's take. He should retire and not unretire. He should do a real retirement. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's among the greatest football players of all time, if not the greatest. He's not the same guy. And the game has changed significantly. The reason he is still good is because he's so great. But I watched it with Michael Jordan, who's the greatest basketball player of all time, but was not the same guy at the end. And those years with the Wizards were not good. And he shouldn't have played them. And uh, and who am I to tell somebody shouldn't do it? We've all seen the guys at their end of their career do it because nobody wants to walk away. Emmitt Smith was in Arizona. Franco Harris was in Seattle. Joe Namath was with the Rams. Uh, we've, we've seen guys do it over and over. Johnny Unitas was with the Chargers. I mean, can you believe Johnny Unitas finished his career with the Chargers? Everybody tries to hang on that one last year or two because you love playing, and I've always said this, an old athlete is a young man. So what do you do? I mean, Tom Brady's 45 years old. Hey, he's younger than you or 40, he's your age, you know, you don't want to quit working, you know? So, but I, so I get it, but I think the way the game's changing, you have to be athletic in today's game. I mean, Daniel Jones is emerging as one of the good young quarterbacks in the league because in large part because of his legs. Uh, Trevor can run. That's a big part of it. Every, every all the good, Justin Herbert can move. Patrick Mahomes can move. Josh Allen can move. Joe Burrow can move. I don't think you I think the game's changing too much. I think if he winds up with the Raiders or wherever, which I think is probably going to happen, um, it'll be a gigantic mistake. He's going to have a miserable year and a miserable end to a magnificent career, and I think that's a mistake, and that's the 10-10 take. He could have a, a miserable finish, but because uh, we don't know where his skill sets will be in nine months, that's always going to be the the massive variable that you can't count on. But his skill set today is absolutely high level starter quality, and uh, th- there's nothing to indicate that he is slowing down. In my, in my opinion. Uh, he finished third in yards. He threw 25 touchdowns to nine picks with an offense that lacked any kind of imagination. Uh, a head coach that is about as conservative as you'll find in the NFL and Todd Bowles. Uh, I, I think some skill players that are starting to see the the decline in their respective careers, uh, like Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, uh, Chris Godwin was coming off of a knee injury. They were battered along the offensive line. Uh, I still think I think he he needs to go ring chase. I mean, Tom Brady couldn't go to the Carolina Panthers and play well. I mean, he's not like Patrick Mahomes might be able to do that at this stage of his career. You might be able to take Patrick Mahomes, put him on the Carolina Panthers and they win 11 games next year because he's so great. Brady isn't that Brady needs the help. But if he goes to again, I think San Francisco, depending on where they end up going in the tournament is the favorite. Uh, if you give him Kittle and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and a nasty defense and an imaginative, creative, aggressive offensive coach, uh, Tom Brady absolutely would be a pro bowler next year and would be very difficult to, to knock out of the playoffs. Uh, if he goes to Vegas, it's a little cloudier because they need a little bit more work, but the weapons are good in Devontae Adams uh, Waller, Renfro, Josh Jacobs, who they'd have to bring back. You fortify the offensive line. You try to get better on defense. Uh, I think he could have a big year. 
but it but the thing that we're just never going to know and Tom doesn't know is where will his athleticism be by the time you get to September and that's what you don't know at this age but if there isn't a substantial decline Tom Brady absolutely could light it up next year if he ends up in the right environment I think the only reason he retired is his former wife, Giselle, wanted him to retire, and he thought that would be the best way to save the marriage and be a husband and father and all those things. And when that evaporated, he poured himself into football. It didn't go according to plan. But I don't think he wants to stop. Should he stop? Probably. And just let his legacy be cemented as it is. But I don't think those types of people have the ability to stop until they think they should stop. And that, and he's earned that. Sure. And, the, and you're right, Hayes. He'll be a he'll be a top half quarterback. He'll be a top ten quarterback in the league, top twelve quarterback in the league. So common sense says, well, why wouldn't you want to do that? If you could be a top twelve quarterback in the league, why wouldn't you? I get it. I just think the legacy changes the longer he plays. That's my opinion. And maybe the legacy doesn't change. Willie Mays should have stopped way before he did. One of the saddest things you ever saw is him strike out and fall down in the in the in the batter's box when playing for the Mets when he was just an old guy that didn't belong out there and he's still one of the greatest two or three players in the history of the sport. Yeah, I think those latter years kind of fade in your and maybe memory. they do and maybe they do once it gets past and, and maybe years. they did because with Unitas and Namath and Namath and Emmett and Mays, I they do those aren't the years we remember. Brett Favre, you don't remember the very last part yeah, of it. Yeah, but he wasn't awful thing. He wasn't he, terrible. He, Brett Favre was still pretty good at the end, and Brady will be too. I just. Because he's so good. And again, I hated the the Jordan Wizard years. Not that he didn't have a right to do it. I just I just I want to remember Michael Jordan is the greatest team sport athlete of all time. But, but let's also look at the other side of that. Let's say that Dallas goes into San Francisco and wins. Okay. Which could happen. Uh San Francisco now says, All right, well obviously we're not gonna go with Brock Purdy. He's got a place here, but he's not gonna be the starter. Right. And Garoppolo's a free agent who we're not gonna bring back. Uh, Trey Lance is coming off an injury. We still don't really know what we have there. If you can sign Tom Brady, I mean, like Tom Brady on the San Francisco 49ers would be a top three Super Bowl favorite next year. So what if he goes there and wins it? What if he actually won the Super Bowl with a third yeah. franchise? And you're right, because I'm, I'm envisioning Raiders. If you talked me into it's happening in San Francisco, that's a different paradigm because I think they are quarterback away from maybe being the best team in the league. You know, well, with they, the Raiders, he can hand the ball off, assuming they keep Jacobs. Yeah, I guess. And that helps you a ton. They the Bucks I, didn't run the ball that. Yeah, long and I guess you, I guess the conversation makes sense. You're right. I, 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 I'm assuming it's gonna. I know the numbers were good, but the, the the Bucks games I watched this year looked ugly. Now everybody was hurt, and I and I get it. And and if it wasn't for him, they'd have won five games. No question. No I mean, question. and that'll be the case. Look, he's not going to go show up somewhere and be bad. I'm not. I'm not implying that. I, I I agree with you. He's but I just I don't know. I just it just it just seems to me you, know, you and I have gone different ways. Four years ago, you were predicting his retirement. Oh yeah, yeah. he's going way longer than yeah, I yeah. ever thought. And, he and, I, and I was predicting he would keep playing, but I just I, I just I just I don't know. I, I we'll see what he winds up doing. You don't like sad Tom Brady. Well, I, yeah, yeah. And I, it's not like I'm this Brady fan. I don't care about him either way. I just I just I, I don't know. He was so great, so great for so many years. I mean, I'm glad Peyton got out when he did. It was time for Peyton to quit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was, it Peyton was, Manning couldn't have had another year, no, even in the yeah. best environment. Correct, right? He he needed to quit, you know. And so uh, I thought Breeze needed to quit. I, I thought they did, and so and this guy isn't Breeze or Brady. I just uh, the so so we'll see. We'll see what winds up happening. The Favre comparison might have been a good one because Favre went too long, and uh, and so but, but but we'll see what winds up happening. The thing for me last night with Brady is the 
The interception he threw in the red zone was the first one he'd ever thrown as a Buccaneer. Yeah. And Troy Aikman said there's no way he was trying to throw that ball away. And Brady was asked in the post game, and he said, yes, I was. I was yeah. trying to throw it away. So it's like, whoa, does he just not have the fastball he once had to try to maybe throw it away if he's not trying to throw it to Godwin? And that's one of the things I wonder about too, Gibby. And, and Hayes makes a good point. It's okay to play and not be the best quarterback in the league. You're, you're right. It is. It, it was okay for Michael Jordan – Michael Jordan's last year with the Wizards, he was probably the 15th best player in the league. And, and I guess that's okay. It just feels weird for me. Well, I would say this to his arm. I mean, they get the ball back with like two minutes yeah, left. Right. He throws a dart to Mike Evans for 55 yards in the yeah. air that Evans drops right. at the goal line. Yeah, Evans had a bad Now, year. it wouldn't have mattered. You know, they, it wouldn't have. They Is would that have, the one they off would, the fingertips? Yes. He had Evans streaking down the yeah, sideline, yeah. and Evans had beat his man by two yeah. or three steps. Yeah, kind of a drop. I, That's was, a drop. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly not a bad throw. Yeah, it's a, I thought Evan, I thought or Evan a weak should, throw. I thought Evans should have laid out for it. Well, it's not a weak arm throw, to your point. It's not that. So, But anyway, I remember the play. I, I thought I thought Evans should have laid out for it. But anyway, keep going. I, your, your, your point is he's still got a lot of juice in the arm. That's the point. Yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be four or five clubs that are going to do whatever it takes to try to – yeah. create the most attractive package for Tom to oh, sign no, Tom Brady. No question. It's so hard to find quarterbacks. I mean, look what look what the what the Titans and and Ravens were playing with 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 playoffs on the line. Well, of course you would want that. I just so I'm not I'm not I'm not the, the debating that. Would so. it scare you to have Tom Brady in Nashville? Yes. It would. So that may that may confirm Hayes' yeah. point. Yes, it would concern yeah, a, a great deal. A great and that might be his third option. Yeah, so yeah. we need San Francisco yeah, yeah. or Las Vegas to come <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady and Derrick Henry would scare me, yes. Uh-huh. I don't think that's where he'll want to go. I think that's almost like if if it kind of falls apart because he needs he does need weapons, and he doesn't have them there. He's not going to look at anything Tennessee has other than maybe the young tight end right. and say, okay, this is, this is adequate for me. Uh, now you do have Henry, but he's going to be. Tom's been in this league a while. He's going to be nervous about Henry's age. Uh, and the he, offensive line wasn't great. For wasn't great this year. Now he loves Vrabel, and and they might be able to sell him on yeah. what they're going to do in the off season. You know, in terms of adding. But I I think it's 49ers, then a gap, then the Raiders, then a massive gap, and then you're with, you know, the Titans and. Uh, you know some other clubs that'll that'll you know probably try and get in right. involved in it, but what about I, the Patriots? I I think it can't be discounted, yeah. but I don't think that that's that's not again, the play. It, it's it's tough because you get the you get a great defense, you get obviously a winning culture, but they don't have a lot of weapons in New England, and so he kind of runs into the same situation that chased him out of there, right. which was. Why would I want to play here when I can go to Tampa and throw the ball to a prime Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? Uh, yeah, so I, and Gronk I, for a while. And Gronk is, is you know, joining me. So I think, I think he's going to really look at San Francisco. But, again, that's, a, that's the other conversation of, well, what if the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? Yeah. You know, at that point, do you, yeah. you know, how, what do you do there? But, uh, again, I think Tom Brady is a big Dallas Cowboys fan, even though that's the team that just eliminated him. I think he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan in this round. I think he hopes they take out San Francisco, and then that clears the path for Brady to be a 49er. The um, see where Leftwich is getting fired. Yeah, I saw that report. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, surprise you. 
It, I think he's being scapegoated because I think Todd Bowles is just. I think he's one. I think he's Will Muschamp in the NFL. I just think he's one of these he, head coaches that just. People, and a lot of fans think he should go too. Yeah, everything is is defense and and it's just it's very conservative. It's it was a a a really tough offense to watch, and I have to wonder if Todd Bowles was sort of handcuffing Byron Leftwich. Now, there's certainly. The possibility that once Bruce Arians isn't involved, Byron Leftwich isn't very talented at right. this. Yeah. But uh, but I don't think it's only a Leftwich problem in Tampa. In fact, Tampa may be dreadful next year. Well, I was just going to say, don't be surprised if Tampa is in the Caleb Williams running. Yeah, if Bra- if Brady isn't there, there's not a lot left. I I would agree. With, even though they won the division, there there's not. I am, um, but uh, I wonder what happens with Byron. I think Byron's a sharp guy. Um, but if Byron was going to get in the, any round of head coach interviews, remember a lot of people last year wanted him to be the Jaguars coach, a lot, of, a lot in the fan base. If Jack, if he's going to get back in the head coach interview circuit, he needed to be, he needed, he needed this year to, to, to boost him and getting fired. If indeed that's going to happen will hurt the cause. He's going to be, he's, he'll coach in the end. He's a good coach. He'll coach in the NFL, uh, in some capacity, but I do think that slows the train to head coach to head coaching interviews. Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But is Bienemy getting a job? He's been interviewing. I mean, I this is year eight. Yeah. I guess he's due. Yeah. Now so, we'll tell you this. I can tell you this. I remember a long time ago, all the narrative was why wouldn't anybody hire Tony Dungy? He he, he interviewed like Bienemy now. He interviewed every year. Interviewed every year. Nobody would hire him. Nobody. And then finally, when he became head coach, he was obviously a very good one. But I can remember all the conversation before that was why can't he get a job? And there's so many jobs open. It 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 you know Harbaugh s- says he's staying at Michigan, so I can't imagine that any of these other hires are going to be from outside of the NFL. I can't think of. Yeah, I'm sure they saw the stat of if when you go from college to the NFL, how poor the records are. So I would think NFL franchises are smart enough not to do that. Yeah. So I mean, if you're if By the, now, right? there's yeah. five openings, and let's just assume Sean Payton takes one of them, but he might not. I I would think the others are going to come from NFL in not in house but NFL coordinators becoming head coaches. So that's I've seen a lot of Dan Quinn. Quinn, I would be shocked if he doesn't get a yep. job. Probably I, Denver. I would. They, they liked I would him the last think time. Think enemy would yeah. would have to. But that's been puzzling. The Colts and Titans are both high, uh, have both interviewed enemy. I don't really want him to go somewhere in the division because yeah. I think he'll be really good. It'll be interesting to see. All right, take a break. One one second before we say goodbye to you. You guys got uh, big plans tonight for Helmets and Heels? Big plans. Big, like gigantic. Victory Tuesday. Like huge. And we're going to talk about gymnastics. Since on this program, my gymnastics team does not make oh, the airway. How did we do? We did excellent. Did we win again? We did win. We defeated Auburn, and we had three, almost four perfect tens. And only on? one was Trinity Thomas. How did we do on the beam? We did excellent on the yeah, beam that's as what well. I, but I can, you, you give me a good beam performance, it's going to be a good day. Now you've scooped my gymnastics update. Dang right it. Thanks. Back in a moment. <laughs> Stay with us. Caroline, I got something for you. Lay it on me. How do you feel about Graham Mertz? I think he's a fine young man okay, okay. and an incredibly average football player. Okay, so, so Graham, you're not excited about Graham Mertz? No. How about you? How excited were you, Graham Mertz? I think he might end up being more consistent than Anthony Richardson was. Okay. How'd you feel about Michael Pratt? That would have been good. So which I is think the, he's a fine player. Which of the two would you have preferred? I would have preferred the good player. Well, so, and he's the best Pratt. Yes. How about you? 
Pratt has certainly better statistics than yeah. Graham Mertz does. Yeah. Um, does he? As far as last season, didn't he throw a lot um, more touchdowns? Um, as a career starter, Graham Mertz is 19 and 13 in the Big Ten. Michael Pratt is 20 and 18 in whatever that league is, All-American, the All-American, whatever it's called, American American Athletic Conference. Yeah. He's Last a, season, Graham Mertz was 19 and 10 touchdowns to interceptions, right. and Pratt was 27 to 5 touchdowns. Yeah. And what was what was Pratt in the 2 and 12 year, the year before? That's my question. The uh, here's my point. 21 touchdowns, eight picks. Here's my point. I'd rather have Pratt too, <laughs> and I wasn't very excited about Mertz either. But I do like that you've become the Graham Mertz like president uh, of the fan club. Well, the uh, crusade for I'm, Graham Mertz has begun. I went through pain this year. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to resuscitate, and I'm and my guess is he's going to be the quarterback. Okay, so but I got thinking about it. We get locked, all of us, not just you. We get locked in on guy A's good, guy B's bad. We really don't know. Now, if it's guys we've seen a lot, you know, we knew Quincy Carter, you know, the, because we saw him. Mm-hmm. But we get locked in. The, the, the I thought Stetson Bennett wasn't going to be very good, and I yeah. kept waiting for over the last two years for Carson Beck to beat him out or Brock Vandergriff, someone to beat him out, that, and he proved but us that, wrong. But, but that's wrong. a different conversation because we saw, all of us saw the warts on Stetson Bennett. Now, it got better. But I saw I saw Stetson Bennett at times look terrible. With the, 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 wasn't he the quarterback in the Trask year? Wasn't he their quarterback that year? Yeah, he grew up a ton. Yeah, and, yeah. He, he got he, a lot he, better. He got way better. Jordan Travis got yeah, tons yeah, better. No question. So – so, but this is these are guys we haven't seen. I, we haven't seen either of these two guys, and but not just us. Gator Nation, top to bottom, would have been thrilled with the Tulane guy, and is miserable with the Wisconsin guy. I mean, I mean, I mean, all you know, I mean, there's no exceptions. You, you bump into Gator fan in in Stark, and you, hey, how do you feel? Ah, we got Mertz. I uh, really wanted Pratt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But isn't it funny how would we really don't know? Isn't it funny how one guy's in all of our minds is here and the other guy's here? It's also because people just read stuff on social media. If Correct. one person tweets out, Florida really wanted Pratt but couldn't get him and had to settle on Mertz, immediately they think, well, we had to settle well, on that quarterback. Well, and guys get – how much momentum did Byron Leftwich have in in, in, Tons. in parts of the fan base to be the Jaguars coach last year? He, I, I'll bet there's, I'll bet if you'd have done a poll – I'll bet if you'd have we done We did a, polls. He yeah. won them. He won them. <laughs> he won them. And, and resoundingly over Doug Peterson. He just because he was the guy. If and somebody, part of it was he was going to bring in a GM with him, and yeah. the fan base was so soured on Trent Baalke at that time. They've changed their stance. But, but Jag Twitter yes. really wanted Leftwich to be the coach and had real tepid interest in, in Peterson. I, I, I'm trying to think who else. I don't think it was, like, tepid. I mean, you, I think you, good point. I think Peterson had strong support, but I think there was more yeah. for Leftwich, yeah, yeah. So particularly the, on social media. Yeah, and that doesn't mean Leftwich won't be a good coach one day or doesn't doesn't mean he wouldn't have done well. This isn't to knock Byron Leftwich. But he couldn't be better than Peterson right. has been. Correct. Yeah. They got the right guy. Uh, they obviously have the right guy. But so, but, but I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking we just uh, – I, I would – and I find myself way more excited about this Guy at LSU that's never played. That's the guy that Walker I think they Howard. should but, but, try to yeah. do everything they can. And I'm and I'm as guilty as anybody being all excited about this guy. He's never played. The this guy's played 32 games at Wisconsin. So, you know, it's it's but it's um, it's weird how all of us. Guy A is the guy we got to have. Guy B is. I mean, we see we really see it in recruiting. Four star guy is the guy I got to have. Three star guy's not going to be any good. I mean, I mean, I can remember how many how many people mocked Florida. And McElwain and Doug Nussmeyer, when they saw this two-star kid in Texas, 
that, that was six foot five but couldn't run very fast, and nobody offered him. And I'll give McElwain and Nussmeyer didn't credit. Didn't even start on his high school didn't team. Didn't even start on his high school team. And Nussmeyer and McElwain said, listen, this guy's pretty good. We've seen him throw. He's been in our camp. We've seen him redefense. We put him up on the board. This guy's pretty good. And But nobody bought it. By the way, will he get Trask? Will he get a chance to compete against Gabbert for if Brady leaves for the starting quarterback well, for next well, season? He must because they, they they've had plenty of chances to cut him. And they've yeah. had plenty of chances to move on from him. I would love to see him get a chance in the yeah. NFL. That's I would where too. I'm going. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's got a lot of support in the no. building. No, but I again, agree. But they've had plenty of chances to move on, and they haven't done it. You know, they, I mean, think about he'll it. be on the third year of a four-year deal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, so, so, I so I would think that you'd hold on to him. He's yeah. economical it, and, this, at this point. So, but back to the point, we just don't know. You know, we and we're all we're all guilty of it. Sure. I mean, I have no idea how good or not good Wisconsin's offensive line, tight ends, wide receivers, and all that were to support Graham Mertz or not to support him. I do know that Florida's weren't all that good, but right. it's good news that Ricky Pearsall's yeah. coming yeah, back. Yeah, by the way, I have no idea if Mertz is any good. No, but the truth is, I don't know. And I liked Pratt. I mean, I thought I'm 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 fanboy. I was I couldn't wait to get. <laughs> well, I right. wanted, and Hartman was the guy that and, I wanted. Yeah. And we, everybody did yeah. because we saw him. Right. We didn't watch Pratt. Nobody watched that Tulane game. Oh, Frank, I watched Tulane. No, you didn't. You watched Tulane when you heard Florida might be getting him, like I did. You never watched Michael Pratt, right? Only, yeah, until USC Tulane. As it turned out. Oh, because you, heard it, you thought Florida might be getting him. That's when you watched. The, that's the only reason you watched Tulane USC. As it turned out, how many quarterbacks actually moved in the portal? A lot didn't, yeah. Hartman moved right. from uh, Wake uh, to Notre Dame. Quarterbacks of significance, yeah. Mertz from Wisconsin to Florida. Yeah. Who else of note that, that had played? Yeah, I mean, I mean, JT Daniels moved, uh, Slovis moved. But you're right. Your, your, your point's right. The point you're making is dead on. There wasn't a lot of movement of guys of significance. Yeah, that, that's mean, the only, like, I, I, I would have, again, I, I don't love the fact that Florida didn't get Sam Hartman. Yeah. Um, but that's the only benefit of the doubt I can give them on it is it's not like you woke up and cam rising had gone somewhere else and right. pratt had gone somewhere else and mccall had gone somewhere and they else wanted and, and they wanted pratt and tried to get him i do right. know that you know so so yeah, um, they, they they you're right they did what they had to do and, and but i'm not even debating i'm just thinking what if you know in my point about him lauren i have no idea what kind of players he had around him what i do know because i watched is it was an eye formation offset eye two route they were probably running the T formation. That's <laughs> probably where you, you saw it. I'm telling you, they were, but it, but it was a lot of two receiver routes, and I'm thinking. By the way, what, Devin what Leary and DJ Uangola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so a handful of them did. Yeah, Leary was would have been. Leary would have been good. I would have yeah. been excited about Leary, yeah. especially yeah. now that they have Liam Cohen back. Yeah. From yeah. The Rams. Now the I only have, thing I'll say there is. I have a hard time is, being convinced Leary is going to be better than this guy. Now, now. And maybe he is, but he was terrible this year. I bet Leary's better than Levis was at Kentucky last yeah. season. Yeah. Leary was good until the shoulder. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Is that why he had the bad year? Okay, so because he, he didn't do much Well, he year. missed like the last six yeah. or seven games. See, see DJ Uyunglele, I would not have wanted because I watched him and he wasn't very good. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted him. But, 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 I, got to, but I saw it. Yeah. That's different than Graham Mertz. I saw it. Okay, I think a lot of with Mertz is Wisconsin was a disappointment. They fired their coach. And so I think it's like, well, how – again, the expectation of Florida isn't to win six games. Right. It's to win nine or ten. And it's like, well, how can you expect to win nine or ten games next year with a quarterback Correct. that just got his coach fired at Wisconsin? Not yeah. that it's all on Graham yeah. Mertz, yeah. And, but was obviously a large part of and, a team disappointing, and they fired the coach. And the guy Wisconsin fans couldn't wait to see leave. That's the other part of it, too. No, no Wisconsin. But, I, but, I'm, but I'm serious. 
I went back, all those quarterbacks under him were the same. They were all the same. And so surely what Florida must be thinking is get him in a spread, get him with our offense. Not that all of a sudden Billy Napier, Steve Spurrier, by the way, I'm still not sure where that's going to land either. But I think they must be thinking, get this guy with our offense. He, we've seen enough that we like. And again, he started 32 games in the Big Ten. Which means he was healthy, too. Yeah. That's another thing that goes against AR. And he went in there as a four-year guy. I mean, I'm sorry, a four-star guy. And so so, so we'll see. I, but I, but I, was, I was chuckling at myself. I'll be surprised if he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> Do you I have was, a T-shirt with his picture on it yet, Frank? I, I, I was chuckling at myself. I'm thinking, last night I'm thinking, man, if they'd have gotten Pratt. I, I, I'm thinking, man, if they'd have gotten Pratt. Man, it's a shame they didn't get Pratt. God dang it. I mean, they were that close to getting Pratt. And I thought, I don't know if Pratt's any good. I'm just I'm following the message board stuff and yeah. the social stuff. You know what I mean? Well, and again, it's just – it's and Denny's talked about this. It's just, what's the fit? Graham Mertz doesn't seem like he gives you much in terms of a runner. His stats certainly tell you he doesn't. But again, well, that's that, a great, that that's could, a great And that's a great question is, did he not give you much of a runner because he can't run? Or was he not much of a runner because they didn't run him? That, and you're right, and that's that's the question. So, but it, but it's interesting the way we do this with recruits. With I mean, we lost Rashada. Oh my God, Rashada's gone. I don't know if Rashada's any good. You know what I mean? Maybe he maybe he'll be great. You know, but I don't know if Rashada's any good. Is he definitely not coming? Has that has the end of that story been written? Uh, no, I, I think he's holding out to be the Buck starting quarterback <laughs> next year. <laughs> he uh, well apparently I didn't screw I, the thirteen million. I didn't know this till I read the Bianchi column that kind of ripped everybody in Florida included. And again, I don't follow recruiting very closely, but I didn't realize this. He's considering legal action against Florida. Now, you and Long and I were talking about that the other yeah. day. I missed the memo on that. I didn't realize that he feels like – I don't know that he feels like, but there's some reports or some belief that he feels like he had a contract for the $13 million or whatever and that and that somebody, Gator Collective or somebody uh, connected to Florida, reneged on the contract, and he's considering suing. I mean, does that happen? Has anyone done that in the NIL world yet? They haven't. That's where Florida better be really strong on the separation between the two. Yeah. Uh, because obviously all that would be open for discovery. So if right. the collective truly is independent of Florida, then he would his lawsuit, I would imagine, would be directed only at the collective. But if through discovery they determine that Napier is directing Rojas in terms of who to funnel the money to. Right then Florida would be in a lot of trouble. And good luck as a teenager fighting a lawsuit against the Gator Collective or any collective for that matter, because those people have a ton of money. So the legal fees to them is are not going to amount to what it would be like, I would think, to a high schooler. But also there's something drastically wrong with the system. If any 17-year-old is thinking he's going to get $13 million to play college football and has never played a snap. Yeah, all right. So, uh, so what happens between now and Helmets and Hills? What do you do? America wants to know. You go, uh, do you go, go have a beer? Do you go sit down? Do you get a workout I, in? What do you do? What I do a very exciting uh, walk back to my desk. Okay. I heat up my dinner. I prepare the show, and then I walk back down here. Oh, so you brought your dinner. So it goes in the microwave. That's correct. What are we having? I have uh, some chicken, some peas, and some mashed potatoes. So chicken, pea. I mean, this is exotic stuff. I'm, <laughs> all over, I'm, I'm getting emails from Norway and and, and, and obviously the uh, the Samoan islands, mm -hmm. and they're asking me oh, big time. where uh, American Samoas, where, yeah. where I get it from. And or asking, I might just go with the piece of pizza that I stole from the kitchen earlier. Okay, so maybe that's <laughs> But everyone wants to know what Lauren Brooks does in between. I'm you've wondered. You've it. asked me a lot of times. You wait till she leaves. You go, Frank, what does well, she do? You've in asked breaks, me. I, <laughs> I, I you know, go down there and <laughs> yeah, see just, what she's just, up just to. Sometimes see. I take typing tests yeah, just says, to keep my mind yeah. sharp. I, so, that's, so you don't go you don't go hang out with anybody? You just hang, you stay well, Taylor's about eight feet from me. So you hang out with Taylor. Okay, there you go. Good show tonight? 
we were talking Jaguars. Yeah, Any Jaguar, guests? Yeah, else? Chargers, Jaguars, no guests, just three of us and JJ and going to have a blast. Enjoy your hour off. Danny Thompson joins us after this on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Security and automation experts. One, two, three. I told the whisperer during the break that I uh, was thinking about this. You got to make life decisions, Hayes, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Career decisions. (laughs) I told the whisperer, I think I'm going to enroll. I think you should. And whisper, your answer was what? In six points, you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I want to I want to go back on my answer now. We, we're, I'm going to give you a senior rate, okay? <laughs> which ironically in our situation is more than the other rate. But I told him as long as the credit card clears, <laughs> like, come on. I said, I think I'm going to join. And then he goes, as long as the credit card clears, <laughs> we're not going to segregate. I'll train the 64-year-old guy. Hey, I get that approval. You, you get a T-shirt and we go to work. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Hey, You've got buddy. the COVID great, of eligibility. So. I do. That's exactly and right. And I think you can hang yeah. in with grammar. Yeah, there's no. There's no no question. I said, Denny, do they still run the veer? Do you still read the end? That's all I just run the veer and read the end. Oh, so, man. Um, how you doing? Good to see you. I am great. You good? You good? I am really good, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's a great energy, man, in the city right now. And yeah. I think about you all the time because just to be a part of that every yeah. single week. And it will never be a year like this again. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's, someone asked me the other day, what's it like being part of the story? I said, well, I'm not part of the story. I said, those guys are the story. But but I'm, but I'm honored to be someone who gets to help tell the story, mm-hmm. and we get to help tell their story, which is really fun. And, yeah. and it has been fun, Danny. You're 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 very kind on Twitter when you responded to it. But it has it's been very fun uh, telling the story. And one of the reasons is we're we're seeing this this, and now I will use the word. I, I thought the word was so overused before, but I'm not afraid now. This generational quarterback development right in front of our eye our eyes. Uh, Hayes made the point earlier, and, and I can't disagree with it. What he did Saturday. After the miserable start, after a start in which anybody would have been rattled or buckled, and he never batted an eye. And his numbers, Hayes gave them to me, his numbers after the last interception. So from the last three minutes of the half on, 24 of 31, 258 yards. That's in a half now. Okay, 258 yards and a half. Four touchdowns, no picks. That's unbelievable. It, it really is unbelievable. And there's a couple things going on here that's unique too, I think. Uh, I, the comeback was unlike anything I've ever seen because usually we've all seen comebacks like that, but there's usually an onside kick or a turnover or an interception return or a fumble return, something. There was no turnovers. Right. This was like they came out of halftime. They'd already given away four possessions. They have five possessions left, maybe six at the most. They come out of halftime knowing they have to score and knowing they have to stop, and they do it. I tweeted out something about, you know, I don't remember ever seeing a game where there were no turnovers and there was that. And somebody from like, and I, I don't remember their name, but they checked it. And it's the first time in NFL history that a team has won, overcome a 20-point deficit without a turnover. Like, and, to, and to wrap your head around the guy that calls four of those turnovers at the end of the night being the hero, I, I still can't fully process that, man. I, I mean, it is, it is so odd. <laughs> we can use generational if we want to, but it, there's something different about this guy. Like that's not supposed to happen. And, and then just to top it off, to go chill at the Waffle House. I mean, come on, <laughs> that was tremendous. <laughs> I mean, are you that? kidding me? Yeah, who doesn't love the Waffle? By the way, so people said, "Did you believe?" Yes, I can believe it because it's freaking awesome. That's what. 
it's unreal. It is unreal. We we knew he had the generational skill set and athleticism, but he's got generational mental toughness. That this yeah, that had nothing to do with anything that any of us thought was generational with him. There's something inside that dude that is just so different than everybody else. And we're talking about high-level guys. Like, we talk about Justin Herbert giving up a 27-point lead. That is a high-level guy. Like, you know how much higher you got to be to to overcome four interceptions and take that from that guy? Like, I mean, it's just rare, man. It's awesome. He made some throws, too, Denny, that one of the concerns they had that I know Doug had, is, and, and we've talked about this with Anthony Richardson, I suppose. We've talked about it, is – touch and loft rather than everything being a Nolan Ryan fastball, that's really changed with him. He's really gotten that, hasn't he? I mean, he, you can – I mean, that, and I can tell you that's one of the concerns they had. I, I can mm-hmm. definitively tell you from conversations I had that, that, that he's got to learn. So when does that come? When does that show up? Or And how do you work on that? Well, we've talked about it in baseball since. When you're uncomfortable mechanically, you throw hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the easy way. When you're uncomfortable in a golf setting, you swing hard. That's exactly right. Because – Speed fixes inefficiencies. Yeah, right. At least we think so. Right, yeah, right, right. In our head, it does. Yeah. And so I think when mechanically he got really confident and comfortable, um, that's probably when we started to see the layering effect on the balls and the different balls that he throws. And and I don't think that was until week five or six. I remember being in here after week one and us saying, look, he just played his first live game of brand new mechanics. Just chill. Remember he missed a couple. He missed ETN right. high. and. right. I can remember the throw that it hit me. It was it was either the which was it Raiders or Ravens that they went for two in the win. Ravens. It was the two point play where he just absolutely smoked an out route, seven yard route. Yeah. But smoked it in perfect mechanics under pressure, and it's like this dude's done. He's he's ready. How do you think he'll play in Arrowhead? I have no doubt that he will go toe to toe with Mahomes. I just think he's built that way. Like, I don't know if that's going to result in a win, but I have no doubt that win or loss, Jag fans will come out of that with nothing but excitement for next year. As a guy that that understands and teaches the mechanics, did you see anything different in his mechanics in the first half that he was doing differently or wrong? And, and maybe you don't watch it that way, Danny. Maybe you, have, you yeah. sit back and enjoy the game. But, I mean, you know what I mean, though? Did you see anything? Did you say – No, I went back and watched. I, after – when any, somebody throws four, you go yeah. back and watch. So, did you see anything? Was it was he throwing it? Was, was, were his mechanics different? No, I, I'm interested on two of them on receivers. Really interested on, like, was it a wrong read or something like that? And I don't know if that's probably been asked. But yeah. I, Doug I said hear. two of them were Trevor's fault. Okay, so two, two of them, them were. Okay, so there's yeah. – there's, Oh, we didn't yeah. say that today? So there's – yeah, there were two of them that I thought, eh, that really shouldn't have been an interception. There's something wrong there. But I don't think anything mechanically. I, I, I think he just had a bad half of football, and that happens, right? And you talk about the teaching point. You mentioned Anthony Richardson. We talked about first thing Monday morning. Like, yo, Trev threw four picks. Yeah. Nobody's talking about that on Monday. Like, literally, he's the hero, and he still threw four picks. Like, talk about – as a young quarterback learning something, forget quarterback, as a person learning something from that, like that's incredible. Well, that's the thing is he's not just a great story, role model, inspiration for young quarterbacks, or it's a great life lesson as well. But I think about it from the perspective of if you're a current player on another team in the league, you're, you're coming up on free agency. I mean, that's the kind of thing you see and you're like, I want to play with that guy. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. I, I I think if you were to go and really do a deep dig into that locker room, I think what you'll find is 
the power of wanting to come back on Monday is so strong in that locker room. They, they don't want this season to end, not because there's a championship, but because they want to keep playing together. And you can sense that. You can see that. They're having a blast. And I think 16 has a huge part of that. And that culture, we talk about culture all the time. We talked about it with Urban. We talked about it with everybody. Culture can happen in the middle of a season, right? Like culture can happen halfway right. through a season, and that's what's happened here, man. It's, it's so fun to watch. So as a baseball player, a lifelong baseball player and a lifelong pitcher, relationship with the catcher is important. Mm-hmm. Not just not just not just the physical part, you know, not just going out there throwing, but uh one of my Tom, one of my best friends, who you've met many times, caught probably the last fifty games I ever pitched, and is still one of my best friends. I you know what I mean? Yep. It was important to go to dinner. It was important while what all this was going on. Tell me, because I sense it's the same thing. I mean everyone knows that Trevor and Christian Kirk are really close. Yep. Th- that matters, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I was saying. I think these guys want to play together another week so badly that it pushes them. And I think that entire locker room is having a blast right now. And to Hayes' bigger point on that is that gets around. That gets around, and now guys go, maybe I will take the same money and go to Jacksonville. But were were AR, was Anthony close to Shorter, Pearsall, whoever? Anderson yeah. more more than he would be to the cornerback or safety because that's I sense that's what yeah and I think the natural progression for most quarterbacks is O line first okay like that you know what that's right you're right about that yeah that seems to be like Austin Reed was in town and I'm talking to him about his this house they live in and it's all O linemen and him you know what right. you're you know what that's a great point because I'm thinking of all the quarterbacks I know and they were always buddy with the linemen yep Brunel and Baselli are still best friends yep yeah yeah so I think that's where it goes and then. You know, in the offseason, you'll get together with your receivers, throw two, three, four times. I guarantee you they'll go down to the Bahamas again because it worked, yeah. right? And I think that's where that that is forged. But, I, you know, I, I just think you got to give everybody credit. I think it's easy to give 16 credit, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to look at Balky and you got to look at, you know, what they've done defensively. And Rayshon, a guy like Rayshon Jenkins has completely revived his career. He's awesome. He's way. unreal. He's an awesome guy. He's an awesome player. He's fun to talk to. He, I, I, after the games, he's got a big grin on his face. He's very respectful. He's a good dude. Yeah, you know that absolutely. He's real. Rayshon's a cool dude. If you were starting an NFL team from scratch tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you could have either Mahomes at twenty-seven or Trevor at twenty-three, which player would you take? I'm gonna go Mahomes. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Mahomes at twenty-seven. I the, the, yeah. not yet. Yeah, not yet. Same answer I had. Same. I feel like with but, Mahomes, but, I can put him on any team and have a chance. I had the same answer as you had, but I but I, Hayes went the other way. Because I went the same way. I said the same answer. I went with Mahomes because you know what he is. Right. You know he's one of the greatest players we're going to see in forever, and we hope Trevor becomes that, and he might become that. But I love the fact that we're to the point where we can ask that question and it doesn't sound dumb. Oh, no doubt. That's the, the beauty of that whole topic yep. is not where you go with the answer, but the fact that we can ask it and people are going, oh, I can't believe you. You're already he's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he's homers. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. we're, we're we're I mean, we're not there anymore. We're, yeah. we're pad. That's the beauty of the question, right? I mean, I mean, the 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 question is, is he a top three quarterback in the league? And that is a I, legitimate question. I can tell you this for me as a fan watching the game, no more than a fan watching the games. If you ask me who I would want in the National Football League for the next seven years. Mm-hmm. I would take Mahomes first. Yep. That, that, for me, that's an easy answer. I think I would take Josh Allen second for me. Then after that, and then maybe this is the homer coming in a little bit, but 
But I might take him ahead of Burrow or anybody else. Oh, I think I would. I, I think I would. I think I probably after Mahomes and, and I've been saying this for two three weeks now. After Mahomes and Josh Allen, he might be next for me. I mean, Burrow's the question, I, but but I, I he might be next for I'm me. I'm going to tell you, man, and, and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but when you witness what we just witnessed on yeah. Saturday night, I, yeah. I think I put him ahead of Allen. Yeah. I'm just being real. Yeah. I, you cannot I, – I, yeah, we're never going to see that again. Yeah, we're never going to see that again. Yeah, you're not alone there. You're not alone there. The uh, oh. all, right, all right, let's take a break. we got more. I want to talk about some college guys. I want to talk about Stetson Bennett. Um, Stetson Bennett's going to go to the Combine. Stetson Bennett at age 47 is going to try and play in the National Football League. Um, what are his chances? That's after this. Stay with us. Hey, we're glad you're with us. Thanks to our friends from the Nimnik family of dealerships. Nimnik GM, Buick GMC is on Phillips Highway. Nimnik Chevrolet is on Cassett Avenue. They do a great job. The Nimnik family been doing it right around here since 1941. Hard to believe it. Boy, they are a Jacksonville company and an awfully good one. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlisle, Andrew Gibson. Lauren Brooks has the hour off. She gets set to host helmets and heels. Uh, Denny Thompson is with us talking quarterbacks and more. All right, you're Stetson Bennett. You're you're working at the fast food places, part of your NIL deal. You're you're the most accomplished quarterback in Georgia football history, which is really amazing. Um, what what's next? Is he trained? Does he go to the combine? Does he? I mean, what? Uh, do, yeah, I'm do sure. You know, do you know him? I know uh, know. We've met a couple times. I don't know him. Know yeah, him? Yeah. So, um, so what, what? I mean, what? I mean, he's. What are his chances? What will they be saying about him? Give me, give me the Stetson Bennett overview. Well, I think from a like a, from an approach of evaluation, he's never come out at a better time. I think Brock's success and the fact that the number one pick this year probably is going to be a guy that's his similar build and stature, and I'm not sure that Brock that guy Purdy, Brock Purdy success right? right. And then and then I'm talking about you know with. Um, the Alabama quarterback, Bryce. Bryce Young. Like, I mean, if you really look at this, you go, okay, Bryce is number one. If Stetson, if you're saying Stetson is sixth round, then explain to me the differences in the two. Because it's not size, it's not athleticism. And I get, like, I'm not discounting what Bryce is doing. I hear you. But what I'm saying is what, what Stetson just did, I think, will begin to get recognized now. I, I don't think he's been properly recognized, and I think he's probably going to end up being a, a much higher draft pick than everybody thinks, so, like fourth rounder. You think fourth round? Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's an excellent point because it doesn't seem like from an arm strength standpoint they're miles apart. Mm-hmm. Bryce is probably better, right. but it's not crazy better. No. It doesn't seem like. No. And, and So how is somebody the best pick in, in, in a draft and the the counterpart – is a is a fifth sixth round pick that that doesn't seem to add up from a value standpoint, uh, and I think we're going to be having the same conversation about Jordan Travis next year. I, I, I agree. I mean, I I think Stetson Bennett and Jordan Travis, you get a savvy team in there that you know just really needs somebody they can develop for a year or two. It's a four year contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not asking them to. Well, Bryce Young's going to be asked to play week one. Absolutely. Um, yep. Stetson Bennett is not. I think that's really attractive if you're a playoff team and, and, I mean, you're talking late second, late third. I think it makes a ton of sense. I, I agree because he, he's – and I'm not saying he's Bryce. I want to be clear on this. My, my, my bigger point in all this is we got to stop doing one evaluation on people. And the evaluation on Stetson is he's a Juco kid. And there's never been another evaluation done on him, not, not publicly that I've seen, right? And when it's time to do that evaluation, people are going to see – a guy who is much more athletic and a guy who has a stronger arm than you think, plenty strong, um, and makes plays and has a lot of football, has played a lot of football and, and has a lot of film. It's can they get past what they're 
what they believe to be true about the kid. And, and that happened for me this year. Like, I didn't think he was any good. And then halfway through the year, I'm like, holy cow, this dude's doing some things. Yeah. And he ran a pro-style system also. Like, I mean, that's the other thing. He, he's going to know the language. So I think he's a desirable draft pick. Yeah. I, as I, so as I look at lists, and you've probably seen the list, the list is Bryce Young 1. It could change. Mm-hmm. Bryce 1, Stroud 2, Levis 3, AR 4. Mm-hmm. Is that, the, is that, is that yep. the list you guys have seen? Yeah, Dane Brugler put out a mock draft today, in fact. Okay, and, and I think that's the order he had and, had them. And so, uh, okay, so so let, let's say those are the clear four. Okay. He's got Hendon Hooker five, and I love Hendon Hooker, mm-hmm. but you'd have a hard time convincing me that Hendon Hooker is significantly better than Stetson Bennett. I mean, he's good, but is he significantly better? See, and there's they're they're the exact opposite too, yeah. right? Like what I think about Hendon Hooker is that Hendon Hooker played an offense that that forced him to make elite processing decisions quickly. Okay. Um, I don't know that about Stetson, and I think that's the thing that has to be answered, right? Because because Georgia was more of a play action, twelve personnel type of thing. That's the one thing we don't know. But to your point, I don't think Hendon Hooker is three rounds better. That's my point. Because I get the sense that you're about to tell me another four people ahead of Stetson. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, you know, I haven't even gotten that far down, but I would. I yeah, would, yeah. You, I, I would. I just. And the other thing too is, I don't get it with Levis. This Dane Brugler, who's really good, has him as a second overall pick. Hayes, does he is the do, do do you see that? I don't see it at all. I hope it happens because I'd love to see Houston take Levis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I who's, I who don't. Does he have taken Bryce? Who's first in his? He has the Colts trading up to with Colts the Colts trade up. Take, okay, that's, so the that's Colts right, the trade up to right. one and take Bryce Young. Uh, and then and and, well, and Brugler's but, comment is that. You know, Levis is built for the NFL game, checks numerous boxes with his size, mobility, arm strength, intelligence, and competitive toughness. Uh, he says Levis didn't have the senior season many expected with a new play caller and a subpar supporting cast compared to the previous year. Um, you know, it, it, so basically he's saying it's a traits pick. Um, the production probably hasn't been there. Um, but, yeah, I, I see, to me it's – I can't go all traits. Like – I. Again, and this is probably why. Hopefully, I'm not a we've manager. learned that by now. But yeah, I, I need I need there to be some production to go with the traits. Yep. And with Levis, I just I just don't see it. I mean, I, I just I I don't see it. Now that probably means he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I uh, I would love to see the Texans. No, I mean I take think there's it. same thing as with Ant. Is you watch it and there's something missing. And the problem with Levis is it happened for two straight years. But I also think what's going into Dane's draft there and this is something that could shake everything up is Houston going to take CJ Stroud because CJ Stroud is repped by the same guy that Deshaun Watson was mm. oh right so is that guy in Houston where are they at because I know that ended horribly wrong right so I don't know if a little bit of that's going in and I, I haven't heard anything but that's the first thing I thought of when he signed with his agent yeah do you think uh wrap some thoughts on Stetson Bennett in uh 12 years from now, when we're talking, is uh, and we look back, was Stetson Bennett made it in the league, didn't make it in the league, comes out of nowhere and becomes Brock Purdy, is a career backup, he's Case Keenum, what is yeah, he? I think that. I think he's he's a eight-year-in-the-league backup type of guy who, you know, if he gets Daniel. his chance to be ready, yeah. Chase Daniel, is that what he's what Yeah, saying? I mean, and that's what he would project at, so that's right. the only thing I'm going by, but 
But I, I don't think he's starter good. But but we talked about this the other day in the NFL right now. You're you're drafting for depth at quarterback because the rookie contracts are so valuable right now. I, I would agree with Denny. I think he's got a chance to be a top fifty quarterback, which would make him a solid number two. And you know, again, then it just becomes: Do the dominoes ever fall the right way for right. you for you get to actually get to play? Yep. Um, you know, the dominoes have fallen brilliantly for players like Gardner Minshew. He got to play immediately and show what he could do. You know, for some. Some guys, they just never get really the chance because the starter never misses games. Well, I'm not taking anything away from Brock because I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he's doing, but you also could find yourself in that situation with a really good team, and late in the year you're called on, and then bang, you make your millions. Because it doesn't matter if Brock's the starter next year or not. Everybody knows what he does now, right? So I think it all depends on the situation, to your point, Hayes. I think it's easy to say he's going to be a 10-year backup guy, but if he gets the right chance and he strikes the way he did at Georgia – it could be something different. How uh, how good CJ? How good CJ Stroud? Apart from who um, wraps he's really good. He he's a really natural thrower. Um, spins off his hands really easy as well. The one question, and he's athletic. They didn't use him that way, but he's very athletic too. the 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 one question that I have though for him is like I I need to see. <clears throat> spread the ball around short a little bit more. Like, yeah. I, I just don't know. Like, I look at Bryce, and I can see him playing in an NFL offense yeah. very easily. Yeah, I got you. I don't see exactly that with CJ, even though he's probably a more accurate thrower. See, I think, Hayes, tell me if you agree with this, and maybe I'm way off. I think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are, other than Trevor, better than quarterbacks we've had come out in a while. I, I think he's not going to be – they're not going to be Trevor – but I, 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 Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and and this year's guys, I, I think these two guys are really good. You agree or disagree? I really like both of them. Yeah, I, I think they both have a lot of potential. With Stroud, it's interesting because it's almost the opposite argument. Sometimes I think supporting cast can be too good. Yeah, and then you wonder, okay, this is this is a guy that's throwing yeah. it to Marvin Harrison Jr. and last year was throwing it to Olave uh, and. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's had some unbelievable talent. The other thing with Ohio State, when you watch a lot of their games is, I mean, he, sometimes he has like seven seconds to throw it. Now, he played really well against Georgia, and that, that, that seemed to be, for people that watch him every week, that seemed to be, okay, he's showing us things tonight that we maybe haven't seen. But, uh, so, I mean, I think he's, I think he's a good prospect. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, would have no problem if he ends up in the AFC South. I think we all have a little bit of Dwayne Haskins bias a little yeah, bit yeah. Yes as well. But I, I, I'm telling you, I've watched, and I had one of his games, which helped, and it was really good in a really competitive game that came down to the wire, 36-33 or something like that with Maryland. And I watched, and, I, and then watching him against Georgia and watching all the Bryce Young all these games, I, I, again, I think those two guys are really good players. So let me ask you this. If I said you got to make a, a futures bet on this and you can either take those two or the field, who's going to have, who's going to be the best quarterback? That's a great, you always, you know what? You always take the field in those questions, but I'll take those two. Yeah. Because I, I'm thinking, because you made the Trevor reference. Yeah. yeah. We would have taken Trevor that year and yeah, not the field, yeah. even that strong of a field. Right. right? And, and would have won. And next year. Yeah. And yeah. next year it's going to be Caleb. Yeah. Right. But, the, but to your point, there's not, there's a lot of years yeah. where you can't do that. See, we'll see with, I want Anthony Richardson to be good, but I got too many questions. Mm -hmm. I want, I guess Will Levis will be good. I got a lot of questions. 
somebody's got Tyler McKee. I didn't see the Stanford guys. So there's guys who I just didn't yeah, see. Yeah, Tanner's a good player. But, and I'm sure. And uh, yep. Hooker, I got a lot of questions. Yep. Um, but boy, I don't have any questions about those. The only question about Bryce is his size, and and C.J. Stroud. You made a good point. It's a shame other other Ohio State quarterbacks weren't good. Yeah. Because that'd be the only question I had about him. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, as I was saying that out loud, I'm like, I'm almost talking about what I remember saying with Haskins. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, no, I think you're probably right. I think those two guys are really, really good. But I also think that what Hayes was saying earlier, if you've got the number one, number two draft pick, like are, you better be really sure if you're drafting a 185 pound guy. Right. Well, well, that's right, and and a little yeah. 185. You can be 185 pound, big and ripped. You're yep. just 185 pounds, or you can be diminutive. That's he's right, a small guy. Um, so update me on Anthony. He uh. Dane Brugler just did a two-round mock that he's not in, which surprised no, me. No, he's in. He's going 15th oh, to the Lions. Oh, he went first round. He's got Detroit tr uh, oh, trading okay. up with Green Bay, so Detroit oh, my moves bad. up so, so, three So spots. AR's going in the 15th, 15th overall. Totally yeah, to it. sit behind Goff for a year is so, Brugler's so, so explanation. What, so, so is that what you're hearing? Top, I, I don't mean team, but I mean – Yeah, no, I mean, we. that's uh, about – that's Middle that's, of the first round? It's about as low as we hear right now. So you hear even higher. Yeah. Okay, so I'm way off. And, and, and the point that I would make on – this is if this is the way it plays out if Brugler's right about three quarterbacks going off the board in five picks there's no way Anthony Richardson makes it to 15. Well that's the thing that's what happened last year right is the quarterbacks didn't come off the board and they never did really that's the big part if if the the goal is to go to the combine and have a pro day that puts you in the conversation for number one that's the goal of course but whether you're two three four five six or seven you got to have those first ones come off and so to Frank's point, like if these two really are that good, then they'll come off one and two. And then if you're Anthony, that's, that works out well. What, for was you. he invited to the senior bowl? Could he have gone? Did no, he graduate? graduate? No. Okay. Mm -mm. I was curious about that because that could have been, been a huge. showcase. Yeah, it would have yeah. been huge. Yeah. All right, take a break. One segment left with Danny. We'll have it for you after this. Stay with us. Frank Frangie Hayes, Carline, Andrew Gibson with you. One more segment here with uh, Denny Thompson before we turn it over to the ladies from Helmets and Heels. What's your take on Brady? I think Tom Brady. He's, he's, Hayes makes a good point. He's still obviously an upper echelon, echelon top 10 quarterback in the NFL or higher. I don't want him to keep playing. Oh, no. I, I don't want I want him. I don't want it. I didn't want Jordan to keep playing. I didn't want Willie Mays to keep playing. Even though Brady is probably better compared to the other quarterbacks than they were at the end. What do you think? What, what, what do you My all-time favorite quarterback is Drew Brees. Okay. And I love the way he went out. Like He still had juice in him. But it was time. Away, he said, but it done. was time, yeah. And I'm watching that game last night, and my second all-time favorite quarterback is Tom Brady. And yeah. I'm same thing. I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, I don't want this to be true. I want him to sign somewhere else next year. New Orleans, for me, would be ideal. Yeah. And and go prove everybody wrong again. But, you know, and we know we've said this again. I don't want to bury the guy, but it just doesn't look the same. And, and Hayes makes a great point. If he wound up in San Francisco, if it wasn't going to be Brock, he wound up in San Francisco, he's going to win a Super Bowl because they have such a good team around him. But is there something that just doesn't – Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl at the end, but he wasn't very good. No, Peyton you know? Manning, Trent Dilford, a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That, he, that's he really what he yeah, did. Yeah, he did, yeah. And, and that's fine. It, it was a lifetime achievement. And, and he earned that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I see Brady is still the, – the question that I, that I would have, because I, I think if his skill set as it is today is as it will be in September, then he can absolutely go to yeah. San Francisco and win huge – Maybe win big in in Vegas. I absolutely think he'd put up huge numbers with Devontae and Waller and Renfro and Jacobs. Uh, 
do they do enough defensively? You know, that that's a different uh, argument. The The question that I would have is, and, and you work with so many guys that are so young, so this, this may be tough, but how much physical decline at his age could he potentially have from mid-January to eight months from now when you get to week one of the 2023 season? I mean, it could be a very steep drop-off, or it could be none. I, that's been the thing with him, and I think we all have a tendency to play shrink with him and think, well, you know, everything he's got going on off the field's got to weigh in this year. Something's got to happen. But, I mean, the guy just defies the odds every single year, so I hate to kick him out of the conversation. But to Frank's original question, it's like, well, do I want to see Tom Brady be a top 15 quarterback? Is that my memory I want to see, or do I want to remember Tom Brady the dog? Like, if he was in there, it was done. It was over. I would just soon remember that guy. I think he was that guy this year. I mean, he's playing for a head coach in Todd Bowles who has no creativity and is he's 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 the Will Muschamp of the NFL. He's everything is geared around defense, and so they they don't take a lot of chances. Uh, I mean, Brady still finished third in passing yards, and really Tampa won nine games, three or four of them. They won because Brady literally had to do something incredible. In the last two minutes of the game. Well, we are talking about this, and he's a week removed from throwing for 400 yards. Right, yeah, and, and, that, and, that, and the point Hayes made is if you look at his numbers, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I hear you. But 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 what I won't do, and Hayes, you know how much I respect you on this, I won't believe that Todd Bowles has something to do with it because Todd, that's Tom Brady. Yeah. You run what Tom Brady wants you to run. Right. You know I what I mean? That. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I watched him when they played Brock in San Francisco, and he was awful. Watched every snap last night, and it wasn't good, but – I didn't watch the 420-yard game. You know what I mean? So, I, I hope he can come back at a high level, but I don't want to see him as an average quarterback. Yeah, so so it'll be – and I think – I do get the sense he's coming back. He'll play as a 46-year-old – he'll play as a 46-year-old quarterback, which is pretty amazing. And doesn't look like it. No. Nope. Doesn't look like it. Do you think the fact that he's not mobile will hurt him moving forward when, in a league where just about every quarterback now moves? Now, I've never I hurt him before. I don't think so. I think it's helping him. Okay. I think there's no uh, – temptation for yeah, him to yeah. run because he can't and you don't have to have rpo i mean I, we just right. well he can run it. rpo he can't run zone read but they run some rpo and he i mean he he's just so good up here and he's seen yeah. so much that he gets rid of the ball it's just it's what Hayes said physically can he can he be as good next year as he was this year and can he take whatever pounding he's going to get and it don't, that don't have to be hits by the way when i say pounding like i understand yeah. quarterbacks don't get hit just the physical nature of going to practice for and training for twelve months a year. You're a big Saints fan growing up. Yeah, that's because you're in Arkansas. I mean, is that was that I was born it? in Louisiana. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You, so you okay? So you you diehard Saints fan. Yep. Okay, and still are. I guess absolutely. Yeah. All right. I made this comparison top of the program. I think the Jags are very similar to the Saints in their franchise, and I didn't realize this. I, I, you know, you know all this. You're not old enough to remember, but you know this history. The Saints started in 1967. Do you know it was 21 years before they had a winning season? I remember going to games with bags on our head. Yeah, yep. you so yep. you were part of the bags yep. guys. They, 12, they my start, dad was. was yeah, I okay. wasn't. My dad was. They started twelve. They started with 12 straight losing seasons. Then they're 8-8 eight and eight for one year. Three more losing seasons. 8-8 eight and eight the next year. Three more losing seasons. It was 21 years before they finally had a winning year. Now, then under Jim Mora, which is probably when you mm -hmm. followed him, yep. they had three or four pretty good years. And then they were lousy, pretty much lousy again until Sean Payton got there in 06. Aren't the Jaguars similar? To, they, once Payton and Breeze got there, quarterback and coach, they were good for a long time. It yep. was sustainable. Doesn't this feel similar to you? It does. Way? It does. And I'm thinking back as a like young kid, I remember 
because they had like Ricky Jackson, Pat Spill, and they had some dudes on that defense okay. back then. Yeah, yeah. But they could never score. Like it was the most frustrating thing to watch, even as a kid. Sam Mills, yeah, Sam teams, Mills, yeah. like unbelievable defense could never score, kind of like last year. So, what like, years would you have been Saints fan guy? Uh, probably eighty when? to eighty four to now, like when when I was like okay. six, seven. Okay, so so I was born in seventy six. So okay, yeah, okay. So where were you in the early nineties? Early nineties, I was in Arkansas. Okay, still a Saints fan. Yeah, I've told this story. I probably told you this story before. I know I've told Hayes this. I think so. I was covering the. Florida Notre Dame Sugar Bowl in 91. Okay, so we were in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And the day before the game, it was a Falcons-Saints playoff game. And the Falcons won the game in overtime on a on – they threw a hitch. It was Chris Miller maybe the quarterback then, but they, they threw a hitch to Michael Haynes, who's the fastest player in the league. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was a 6'1", 215-pound receiver. Do you, I don't know if you remember all that. Yeah, but yeah. Made the guy miss. They were playing press coverage. Everybody's I didn't like, know it was Michael Haynes, okay. but I remember. It, the, it was Michael yeah. Haynes, 6'1", 210, 215. Fastest player in the league. He won the fastest whatever thing. Danny, I was on the field. Okay, then Back then, the media could go down in the last five, six minutes. So I'm on the field. I'm literally standing. I'm still in the newspaper business. So I'm literally standing on the white border, right, literally a step from the sideline. He caught a little hitch, made the guy miss, and then there was nobody. I mean, they, 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 it was zero coverage. He was gone. Uh, Runs up sideline, 45, 50-yard touchdown, ball game. When he went by me, okay, and again, I wasn't a football player. So I, wasn't a, I was a baseball player, so this is – when he went by me on, on that fast Superdome turf. The old turf, yeah. The fastest guy in the league. Yep. It was like a freight train. Yeah. I couldn't believe how fast – you know, if you're, as, a, as a baseball player, if you've never seen 90 and you get in that box and someone throws 90, you can't fathom how fast it was. If you never, This guy ran by me. How fast would you be going? 25 miles an hour? 22 miles an hour? 25 I'd would say, have been. Yeah. 25 would be like crazy today. So 20, so 20 miles like an 20, hour? 21 probably. 21, 22, yeah. yeah. But then he went by me. I thought it was a local, local locomotive. I couldn't believe how fast he was moving. And that's what I, that's kind of what I was saying about Brady, too. Is that you think about the physical pain that takes the force. We were talking about it at the break. The force that puts on the body when somebody's moving that fast. Yeah. At some point, that breaks down. But, man, these guys are – I sit there and marvel at Anthony every day. And I've known the kid forever. Just yeah. to, their athleticism. Yeah, it's it's a whole different world. Update us on his. What's he doing? He's How's doing he great. Yeah. He he's healthy. Um, he's getting. In, we've got him into a good routine. He's eating well. Um, he looks fantastic. He's having a great time here as well. Yeah, interesting stuff. Hi, yeah. Danny Thompson. Great work as always. Yeah, Danny, thanks, buddy. Yep. Let's say hello to Taylor Dahl. Now the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. How you doing? I'm good. good how you. are you? So how are I'm you? I'm always scared before this starts because sometimes the look on your face. Yeah, is yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I and I really do try to become mischievous with you. I just don't have anything today that's any good. Oh, but I, right. but I do kind of live for that. Yeah. Just so you know, the minute, the minute I see you come in, I get excited. <laughs> um, but I do have this question for mm -hmm. you. If you don't have Justin Fields to root for mm -hmm. or Aaron Rodgers to hate on, Ugh. so other than – I guess the Jags you're enjoying, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jags are definitely, like, my number two team. I was born in Jacksonville. I don't, yeah. A lot of people don't know my story, but I've spent the majority of my life here. It was just the fact that my family's all from Chicago, so growing up pre-Jags, yeah. all I knew was Bears. Yeah. And then by same, the, same here, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, mean so, I, I was, I'm born and raised here. 
But my family were always Pirates and Steelers fans. I don't yeah. follow the Steelers anymore because I call the Jags games. But the reason I rooted for the Pittsburgh teams is I was from here, but my family was from here. Yes. So it's probably similar to yours. So that's what it is, yeah. But I, lo- I love the Jags, and I cheer for the Jags. It's I'm living in two very different worlds right now because here we're talking about a divisional playoff, and then I just did a draft podcast last night for the Bears. So it's my mindsets are very opposite spectrums Who, right draft? now. Who'd you draft? Who'd you draft? Well, I'm hoping for a trade back, obviously. Oh, it wasn't a mock draft. It was just a Yeah, it w- we had someone on to just kind of think of, like, hypotheticals, what could happen, and uh, have the conversation because there was a conversation floating around of should the Bears trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young, and the guy was like, heck no. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so Hayes, if, you, if, the, if the Bears get out of there, Hayes knows this stuff so well, and I guess you want Will Anderson because that's who everybody wants if you don't yeah, want Yeah, Jalen Carter. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. So how far? So where, where's that? Where we we going to four? I would think yeah, that's the, the sweet spot mm-hmm. that yeah. Indianapolis trades up to one. Yeah, yeah. and it, there's like obviously a little extra because they don't want the Texans to get the guy that they want. Yeah. At two, so yeah. that's what I think most Bears fans are kind of hoping that Colts will want to jump the Texans so Texans don't get their guy, and then we only have to move to four and can get Jalen or Will still. Yeah, see, got a plan. I like it. Yep. What's coming up tonight? What are we doing? Well, obviously we're talking about the Jags. That yep. was a um. A heart attack, you know. Did you, did you go to the game? Did <laughs> I did not. I was I've been battling some sinus infections yeah, yeah. recently, so it's been a struggle. I did not leave my apartment, but so I was watching it at home, and I went through a roller coaster of emotions, as I'm sure everybody did. But it was fun, and I don't honestly know if I was ever at the point where I thought this is done. Like mm. I I don't think I got there, and I and in my head I was like, if they can score before halftime, I think there's a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. And they did, and I was like, okay, like you know, it's not over yet. And I know some people thought opposite, but I think that's like you're traumatized from the history mm-hmm. of things that have happened. But, yeah, a lot of Jags, obviously, we're going to take a look around the NFL in general. Uh, this is the first year since I, I did it earlier. I want to say 2009-2010 season that Rodgers and Brady – one of them are not in the I'll divisional round. That, yeah, and that's hard, uh, it's just been so long, and I'm I'm kind of, I'm happy. I'm happy we do not <laughs> have to watch either of them. So we'll look at some of that, some of the other quarterback issues going around the league, and obviously recap some of the other games that happen. All, right. All coming up tonight. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. That is Taylor Dahl. She and Mia and Lauren. They will have helmets and heels, and it starts right about now. Are we heading to Bartram tomorrow? We are. Bartram, Island Wing Company. Island Wing Company out uh, in uh, Hayes Carlines, neck of the woods. So uh, it's in Bartram. Great uh, great place over there. So come by and see us. Hang out with us. We would love to have you come by. We're at hump day in a very, very important football week. Folks, that'll do it for our program. But don't go anywhere. Helmets and Heels starts right now on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Trains. So long.